0: Finish for the love of stories.
1: on around and about we're asking has an alien being landed on earth I'm Jenny Nettles and with me in the studio is a young man who claims to be a visitor from beyond the stars but is Kaleidoscope here a fraud in silver trousers or or is he the real thing or (laughs) is he the real thing yes
2: sorry I was reading the words from your machine
1: never mind the machine what
2: I'd like to know is why do you need a machine to tell you what to say Ah, it's called an auto cue. When I think I've got something to say, I tune my mind to the music of the cosmos, and suddenly the words are there. And
1: can anyone tune their mind to the music of the cosmos?
2: (laughs) Oh no, only me. That's why I've come here. Right. Um, perhaps you could tell the viewers at home just where it is you've come from. The Heath of Hampstead. No, um... That's where we met. Oh, you mean which world have I come from?
1: Your at-home planet, yes.
2: It's so far away. Beyond the reach of your most advanced telescopes. I think the viewers at home might like a name. I could let them know what it sounds like. Yes, that'd be great. How are you going to do that? All I have to do is rest my fingertips here on your temples and... (gasps) Now you hear it. The music of the cosmos. Beautiful. You'd hear it better if I took this object from your ear. All those voices, coloured with anger. Uh,
1: That's... that's my producer in the gallery saying we've less than a minute before we have to go to a film about a badger that drinks
2: beer. (laughs) Then let me speak straight to the watchers watching on. My name's Kaleidoscope. I've travelled halfway across the universe to warn all of humanity. You stand on the brink of extinction. So give up your kings and your ministers, your wars and your weapons, your borders of geography and the boundaries of your mind. Come with me. Follow me. So we can change the future together. Is that it? Please, play your film about the badger.
3: Well then, what do you think? I think you've got a new toy, Brigadier. Yes, indeed. It's called a video recorder.
4: Video?
3: Yes, an amazing new invention, Miss Smith. Puts TV programmes onto film. Even when you're not in the room at the time, I'm told. The future's wonders are ever unfolding, Brigadier. This particular programme was broadcast around half past six last night. Shortly afterwards, a few hundred teenagers descended on the TV studios on the South Bank, all begging this kaleidoscope to take them off into space. Caused a near riot, apparently. Had to get them out by helicopter... Tinsel togs and all. sir. So, what do you think? About the tinsel trousers? Is he a fraud? Or might he be telling the truth?
4: Oh, he's a fraud. No doubt about it.
3: What makes you say that, Miss Smith?
4: Let's just say Jenny Nettles has acquired quite the reputation for never letting the facts get in the way of a good story. I've had a few run-ins with her myself.
3: Doctor, you concur? I'm afraid I
5: have no comment to make about the professional ethics of Miss Jenny Nettles. As for this kaleidoscope... Hmm.
4: Doctor... Oh, you're not going to say you believe him?
5: I find it curious he should mention Hampstead Heath.
4: Hampstead Heath?
5: And we located an artefact there just three nights ago.
4: Oh, yes, that hovering octagon thing. But you said that was just interdimensional flotsam.
3: For all I know, this kaleidoscope is two. Right then, I'd better go and disappoint the minister.
4: Why's that?
3: My dear Miss Smith, the Home Office is up in arms about a shaggy-haired alien messiah stirring up the youth of this country i better tell them he may be genuine before they have him prosecuted.
4: Well, good luck with that. I must say, I don't envy you.
3: What else can you tell me about this fellow, Brigadier? Any further questions, you'd better ask him yourself. We've had him held here since last night.
6: Radar station Saxevord to RAF Strike Command. 00002 North November Lima, Mike, Hotel 55, Zombie not allocated. Height 360, speed
7: 00. Roger that, Saxevord, Zombie not allocated, Height 360, Speed 00.
8: RAF Weatherton receiving Zombie. Not allocated. Passing 30 degrees west. Roger that.
9: Zombie sighting, is it?
8: Yes, sir. Commodore Perley
9: sir. Strength? Bearing?
8: Initial report from Saks of Ord. strength three, heading 270, bearing... No, wait. I'm being told zombie has split. Bearing now south-southwest.
9: South-southwest? That puts it in a direct line with us.
8: Roger, sir. Speed? Height unconfirmed.
9: Mm. Alert QRA. Scramble two phantoms.
8: This is Weatherton Ops. Scramble,
10: scramble, scramble. Repeat. Scramble, scramble, scramble.
11: It's not
9: Ivan, that's for sure.
8: Go. Identify,
1: intercept, and shadow.
4: Interrogation room one.
3: Here's where we're holding him.
4: It says interview room one on the door.
3: Interrogation, interview, what's the difference? I shall muse on that the next time I'm being interviewed by the Daleks. <laughs>
4: oh, if it's an expert interviewer you want, Brigadier. I'm
3: um, not so fast, Miss Smith. You're welcome to observe upstairs in the gallery. Oh,
4: now, come on.
3: Perhaps it would be best, yes.
4: Well, thank you, Brutus, for the knife in my back.
5: Well, as a journalist, I know you're a keen observer of people. It'll be helpful if you could look out for everything this fellow isn't saying. And let me know what you think.
4: You mean, if he is a fake, see if his body language gives him away... Non-verbal cues, all that stuff. Precisely. Leave it to me. Just so long as I'm not being shoved out of the way.
3: Perish the thought, Miss Smith. Upstairs and left. There'll be a guard on the door.
4: Right then. See you later. And good luck.
3: Now then, Doctor. Let's see what this fellow has to say for himself, shall we?
4: Yes, thank you, Private. I don't think I'll need guarding from anyone in here. Sarah Jane Smith. How lovely to see you again. You? What are you doing
1: here? Got scooped up by unit at the studios. And besides, Cal wouldn't leave without me.
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. More soldiers. No. No, you're not a soldier.
5: Well observed, my dear chap. You don't
3: mind if we sit? What are you? This is the Doctor, unit's scientific advisor. I'm Brigadier Lethbridge-Stewart, and I'm... You're
2: angry. I see the colours of anger all around you.
3: What? I beg your pardon? The
5: brigadier is almost always a touch distempered. I shouldn't let it bother you. I... Quad erat demonstrandum, as my dear friend Euclid used to say.
2: I don't understand.
5: No, you wouldn't, would you? Doctor, were you trying to catch him out? Perhaps. The
2: colours of anger,
5: you said... Is that how you came by the name Kaleidoscope? Because you see in colors?
2: No. It was the word that came to me, that's all. As I fell through the tunnel. Tunnel? The space time tunnel I traveled through. So many lights, so many colors. If you could see the colors I've seen, Brigadier, your mind would explode.
3: That reminds me. Let's check if we gave you a drugs test.
1: Your brigadier's wasting his time. Cal won't respond to bad vibes. Oh, so it's Cal, is it? If he could say his real name, it'd be music. It'd have bells on, that's for sure. You met him on Hampstead Heath, you say? I thought he looked lost. Then he asked me which planet he was on. Look, I know what this must sound like. What? From the woman who claimed to have found the Titanic off the coast of Argentina? I never said it was true. I only reported what I was told. Who said that Stonehenge was a giant radio, that the Bermuda Triangle was a square, and the Mona Lisa was a fake. Oh, and what about the scientists who reckon they'd been time-warped back to the Middle Ages? The dinosaurs that invaded London when everyone knows it was gas? You
4: don't know the half of it. And neither do you.
5: It's interesting what you say, because I've journeyed down a space time tunnel or to myself. I've observed the phenomenon of vortex iridescence with my
2: own eyes. Isn't it the most amazing trip?
3: Vortex iridescence? <laughs> Sounds more like scotch mist to me. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Lethbridge Stewart?
4: Hello, something's up. You can't hear anything. I don't need to. Body language. Oh, you're right. They're leaving. Yes, and so am I. <laughs>
3: situation report please
5: someone i should say it's pretty obvious you have an unidentified object flying over southern england here yes but what is it well it's not a migratory flock of canada geese
3: i can assure you of that don't remind me
4: look it's changing course
3: indeed it is miss miss smith may i remind you the ops room is a restricted area
4: oh
1: well, I'm here now, aren't I? Wow, so this is the nerve centre, is it?
3: And what's she doing here?
1: Oh, I just followed Miss Smith. You sneaked in behind me. Well, I'm here now, aren't I?
3: Well, no one with me of these meddlesome journalists. What are those?
5: Two more UFOs.
3: Well, hardly. They're ascending from a point in the vicinity of... there. RAF Weatherton. Phantom's on an intercept course. Corporal! Get near Commodore Hurley. Priority one. RAF
1: Weatherdon. That's where those new Minerva missiles are. Yes, you're right, it is.
3: I thought I said get these journalists out of here. Commodore Hurley, sir, I've
8: got Brigadier Lethbridge-Stewart on the priority line.
3: Brigadier
9: who?
8: Unit, sir.
9: <sighs> Stole him.
8: This is Phantom 1-5,
11: closing in on the target now
9: Phantom 1-5, do you have visual? Negative visual, I do not have visual Negative vi- you're right underneath him, man
11: Sir,
8: Brigadier Lethbridge-Stewart is most insistent, sir
9: Not now Still too much cloud cover, sir Cloud cover? They isn't sent a cloud in the sky
3: Fool must think it's a spy plane Will you kindly inform Air Commodore Hurley that unidentified flying objects in UK airspace are shared jurisdiction? Not his own personal. Ah. Wait, but are you stalling me?
5: Uh, I can't say I know much about Air Force Protocol. But those phantoms seem awfully close to that object.
4: Yes, and if it changes course again.
9: It's
5: changing course. Phantom 15
9: target is changing course. It's headed right for you. Uh, Sir, only cloud. There is no cloud. There can't be in unless, of course, control. What are my orders? Control. It's in the cloud, Phantom 15. Take evasive action. Repeat, take evasive action. Evading what, sir? It's only cloud. Phantom 15, come in, please. Phantom 15, come in. Phantom 15.
3: Phantom 16, you have visual on Phantom 15? Yes, well, you can tell him that my authority is vested with Unit and the United Nations and Downing Street and Her Majesty the Queen. Come to that. Look, one of those phantoms seemed to have disappeared.
4: <laughs> well, that's phantoms for you. <laughs> it isn't funny. It's been destroyed.
5: Yes, and I rather think the other one's on an attack run. God, what is Hurley playing at? Our lives, potentially. Now, on my command, Phantom 16,
9: fire one missile.
5: Fire
4: (gasps) (gasps) two
3: Great Scott What on earth just happened? For a moment there the screen was full of UFOs. Now there's just the phantom.
4: I'm guessing your UFO exploded, Brigadier. Did it though? Who asked you?
3: Miss Nettles has a point. Had it
5: exploded, one would have expected to see those missiles fl. Just like that, yes.
4: So, if that was the missiles exploding, what happened to the UFO?
5: I think it somehow disassembled, dispersed itself before the missiles struck.
1: Wait, where's the other phantom gone?
9: Phantom 16? Phantom 16, come in, please.
8: Gone. He might have ejected.
9: I know! Get me Lethbridge-Stewart. I'd better fob him off before things get complicated.
8: Of course. Sir. Brigadier Lethbridge-Stewart, Commodore Hurley, will speak to you now. Brigadier? Well, where is he? Gone,
9: sir. He wouldn't have just rung off. Get him back. Oh, no. Sir?
5: I know where he's gone.
9: I know what he's after. Mobilise a salvage mission. Now! (laughs)
3: Doctor, if that thing dispersed itself like you say it did, show me on the map, where would the bits be likely to have come down? That rather depends on the number of parts it dispersed itself into. Best guess, Doctor. Somewhere between here and here. Right then. Everybody out. Corporal, I want those wagons rolling. (laughs) Wagons?
1: What is this, rawhide?
5: If I know Lethbridge-Stewart, he'll be keen to salvage as much of the UFO debris as possible. Before the RAF can get their hands on it.
4: Really? A
5: turf war? It's an intergalactic war. I'm more concerned about.
4: Oh, you're not serious, though, are you?
5: I'm deadly serious. This Hurley fellow may just have made an unprovoked attack on an alien vessel. Doctor, I want you at the crash site too. I'll catch you up in my new vehicle. And what is Sarah. I aim to be at the scene before either party can cause too much trouble.
4: Well then, what are we waiting for?
5: I rather doubt the Brigadier will let you anywhere near Ground Zero. Or Miss Nettles, wherever she's got to.
4: Never mind her, this is the story of the year.
5: They'll never let you publish it. No, I rather think the real scoop is right here in Unit
4: HQ. You mean Kaleidoscope? You think he really is a spaceman, don't
5: you? I certainly think he may be something extraordinary, yes. And while the cat's away
4: all right but this had better be worth my while
10: Again, ladies! Again! Mother, Lashie, have you any bones? yes,
3: sir, yes sir. Greyhound to trap one. En route to the target area now. ETA, 22 minutes. Any sign of the doctor yet? Over. Oh, this is hopeless! Hello? Hello? This is the doctor. Can
5: you hear me?
3: Over. Well, in heaven's name, are you still doing an HQ? Over.
5: I'm not at HQ. I'm calling you from the telephone of my new car.
3: A telephone?
5: In your car? Well, not strictly a telephone, but that's the best
3: way to explain it. How far away are you? Give me your ETA. Over.
5: I'd say eight minutes, provided your chief gets out of the way. What? I'm right behind you.
10: Good grief. Catch me if you can. Doctor, I'm
4: If you want to check with Brigadier Lethbridge-Stewart on his highly urgent salvage mission, be my guest. Or you could just let me in.
12: Oh, very well, miss.
4: Thank you, Private. Feel free to lock the door if you're worried. Hello? I said thank you, Private. That's better. Hello, I... Uh, What? He's locked the door! You told him to. Yes, but I didn't mean him to actually do it. Hello, I'm Sarah Jane Smith, and I'm... The doctor's assistant. Friend, really. Wait, how do you know? Sometimes I just
2: know things. Shouldn't you be with him? The doctor's been called away, I'm afraid. Yes, with your brigadier on an urgent salvage mission. You were eavesdropping. Sorry. What have they gone to salvage? See? You don't know everything. I should join them. I could be useful. They won't just let you out of here. You don't need to. Focus.
4: Wait, did you just Yuri Geller the door? There was no need to lock it. But you weren't even touching it.
2: No, I just thought about opening it and...
4: Uh, no, you mustn't!
2: Don't worry about the sentry, Sarah Jane. Focus.
4: Private? What did you do to him? Made him sleep. How? I'm not sure.
2: I can just do things here. He'll be all right.
4: You magically know that too, I suppose. Yes. So, will you do the same to me if I raise the alarm?
2: You can trust me, you know. I don't. You do. I could have opened the door at any time. I could have made Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart and all of his sentries sleep if I wanted.
4: What about the doctor? I'm
2: not sure. The point is, I didn't leave. Because I wanted to be here. Because I came to this world for a reason. Which is? To help.
4: Well then, Cal. Maybe I should let you try.
3: Greyhound to trap one. Approaching the target area now. Trap one! Are you receiving me? Oh, that's the doctor cutting in again. I'll... Oh no! Don't slow down, Corporal. It's just a few flakes of snow, for goodness' sake. In May, Left Rich Stewart. Are you sure, Doctor? It'll come to think of it, it is a little odd.
5: That's because it isn't snow.
3: Then what is it? Blizzard of Stardust. Poetic, but not in appetite.
5: May want to call wagons home. You've caught up with me, old chap. Caught up? What, Corporal? I parked just ahead. Shall we investigate? Never
13: mind, ladies. It's just a few flakes of snow. Keep
10: going. You stupid inheritance. That isn't snow. It's day rain. For all any of us, no, it's out. Of... What? <laughs>
3: I hardly think a screwdriver will tell you about the weather. Of course it won't.
5: I'm simply trying to determine whether or not its function has been impaired by your stardust. And? It hasn't. So I dare say it's only mildly radioactive. What? Just a few hundred millirems above the background level. Enough to cause you to lose radio contact with Unit HQ, but that's all. So, what is it? Debris from the UFO? Possibly. But whatever it was disintegrated before the Phantom's missiles hit...
3: Almost as if it were a defensive measure. I hardly think one defends oneself by committing Harry Carey. Miss Nettles! What about her? She's over there, taking photographs by the look of it. I'll soon see about that. Stop that right now. This is a classified operation.
1: I'm only taking landscapes. It's not my fault your convoy's in the way.
3: Very well. That's where you want it. Sergeant! Arrest this journalist!
1: No! Wait! What's that? Over there! Sorry! Mustache!
3: Hello?
5: She's seen something! My convoy! No! In the field! Look! That's
3: what she's photographing! Uh, Looks like a silver man! Wait! Surely not! Come on!
1: This is incredible. Look at you. Hello. Are you alien? Are you trying to say something? Don't worry. This isn't a weapon. It's a camera. And this, this is what we call a mini cassette recorder. My name's Jenny Nettles and I'm a journalist. Tell me, have you travelled far? Get
5: away from it, Miss.
1: I only want an interview. That isn't
3: an extraterrestrial. It isn't? Are you sure? Looks very like a new type of cyberman to me. Brigadier, this
5: is a human being. The pilot of the other phantom.
1: Of course. The helmet, the G-suit, he must have ejected. So
5: why is he all silver with metal attachments? I should say he's been infected. By what? By whatever was in that stardust of yours. Look here, old chap. I'm the doctor. I'm here to help.
10: <gasps> Watch out! <laughs> he's choking me!
5: There. This is a human being, the pilot of the other phantom.
1: Of course, the helmet, the G suit—he must have ejected. So
5: why is your silver, with metal attachments? I should say he's been infected by what? By whatever was in that stardust of yours. Look here, old chap. I'm the doctor. I'm here to help.
10: <gasps> What's out! He's me. <laughs>
3: What the devil?
10: (laughs) At last! This is DC Hurley, Flag Lieutenant Waxman, we're approximately at once.
3: Good grief. It's Burley Hurley.
1: He's brought a whole convoy with him. (sighs) Evidently. Do you need a hand there, Doctor?
5: (sighs) Thank you. But it was only a little light throttling, my dear. Muscling in on a unit operation? Soon say about that.
1: Where's he going?
5: To give the Air Commodore a piece of his mind, I expect.
1: You'd think he'd be grateful. That man just saved your life.
5: Miss Nettles, I could have had that poor pilot on the floor in a heartbeat had I wanted to. I was just trying not to hurt him. That's right,
9: Flight Lieutenant. Yeah, here. To me. Medics, now! Desist, Black Lieutenant! Whatever's happened to you, you'll submit to my commands! Ah, that's better. Now, strap into the stretcher and we can all get back to base.
3: Air Commodore Hurley, sir. I trust you've cleared this operation of yours with the Minister? And why would I need to do that, Colonel Stuart. Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart, commanding officer, unit!
9: My apologies, uh, Lethbridge Stewart. Can't say I'm wholly familiar with you army types and your funny little pips.
3: Now see here, Harley.
9: My man, my business. Is he ready?
3: Good. Carry on. I believe your pilot will have had a close encounter with the UFO. UFOs are very much my business. And I
9: believe my man to have had a close encounter with an unknown device of Soviet manufacture. What? There are bits growing out of him, man. Soviet bits, Lithbridge Stewart, and I intend to get them out. But if you can find any UFO parts hereabouts, you're welcome to them. Still, I'd get a shift on if I were you. By the looks of it, you're about to get awfully wet. Driver! Driver!
3: warning you, Hurley. I intend to protest at the highest level. I only hope your words will fall on less deaf ears. Don't you worry. I have ways and means.
1: It's raining.
3: What do you want me to do? Give you an umbrella?
1: Oh, but the stardust is all being washed away.
3: Miss Nettles is right. I'll need samples. Ah, uh, yes, yes, of course. Uh, uh, well pointed out, Miss Nettles. Thank you. Not that I won't still throw the book at you, of course.
4: up before a sentry sees you. This is your vehicle, Sarah Jane? Obviously. Then why is it marked 2CV, not 2SJ? What? Oh, never mind. Help me with the roof before it rains. Oh. Oh. How did you know that would happen? It always rains when I leave it uncovered. Then why not get a more practical transport? Look here, Mr. Kaleidoscope. Call me, Cow. It may be impractical, but it's mine. Now get in if you don't want to walk.
2: You know where you're going.
4: I gathered what the rough area was from the maps in the ops room. Just how to get there, I'm not sure. There's a road atlas in the glove compartment. Glove compartment. Little handle right in front of you. There are no gloves, only these. Sherbet lemons. Oh, you can try one if you like. I will. Oh. <laughs> you might want to take the wrapper off. Waffle? Wow. Sarah Jane, there's a barrier! What? Oh! Oh, idiot! Should have thought they raised the barrier from inside the guardhouse. And now they've caught us on camera. Oops. You can't break the barrier. Of course not. It'll take our heads off.
2: Then I'll raise it for you. Focus.
4: I don't believe it. You Yuri Gellard it again.
2: What is Yuri Gellard?
4: I'll tell you on the way.
3: should be enough and would you know it the rain stopped it's
1: not stardust now what's left of it is ooh, slush
3: it should still be sufficient for my purposes jolly good well then doctor you get back to HQ I'm heading to RAF Weatherton well, why on earth would I want to get back to HQ I'm coming with you Lethbridge Stewart where the action is precisely what about these stardust samples of yours don't you need to get them under a microscope or something back at the lab an x-ray spectroscope No need for that.
5: I've got one in my car.
1: You've got an X-ray spectroscope in your hovercraft or whatever it is.
3: A whole field laboratory in the dashboard, in fact. Well, I never. So I'll see you at the airbase, shall I? Carry on, Doctor. What about me? Yes, that reminds me. Your camera, if you please. Why? Why do you think? Hmm, yes. Images of that poor pilot as we
5: found him might be useful. Oh, I suppose so. Thank you.
1: No, wait, I thought... Sorry, miss. The film, my pictures, they're, they're ruined!
3: I've got more important things to do than bother the Minister with slapping a D-notice on your illegally taken photographs of a covert unit operation, Miss Nettles. You can have your camera back, of course. Oh. Corporal, we're moving out.
1: What am I supposed to do now?
5: As a matter of fact, I could use a second pair of hands rather tricky operating an x-ray spectroscope whilst driving
1: oh, all right I'll come just one thing though where's the door
13: one two three
10: four one two my my Kumbaya. Hurley, he's back Come on girls Too late, brown owl
9: <laughs> This is Hurley calling Sickbag. Confirm full quarantine measures are in place I'm bringing my man in through the main gate now
2: It's true. There was the tunnel, the lights. Suddenly there I was, alone in the dark with grass underfoot. Why Hampstead Heath, of all places? Jenny thinks I was sent there because it was a big open area, close to the centre of government.
4: And she just happened to be passing by that particular night?
2: I was lost. I saw someone in the distance, so I asked them which planet I was on. It was good to see a friendly face.
4: Yes, a real stroke of luck for Jenny Nettles. How do you mean? Cal? Do you not think maybe you're being exploited by someone with no principles whatsoever? You mean Jenny? Well, if the cap fits.
1: Are you even allowed to go this fast?
5: I'm reliably informed that the laws of the land apply only to cars, motorcycles, buses, coaches, minibuses and goods vehicles. None of which describe a transport of this time.
1: Next, you'll be telling me it flies like chitty chitty bang bang.
5: <laughs> yes, well, I'm working on that. Ah, I'd say that sample was cooked. Uh, press the green button to the left of the spectrometer.
1: Green, green, green.
5: What does the monitor say? Nothing. My dear young lady, it doesn't say nothing.
1: Yes, it does. Nothing, 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 nothing.
5: Zero, 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 zero. Same difference. Uh, Clearly, you never trained as a scientist. As I suspected. Nothing. Zero. No, nothing. That sample of so-called stardust contained absolutely nothing.
1: Well, that was a waste of time.
5: Not at all. That pilot was clearly infected with something. Or should I say, infested. I'm lost. We're just one minute away from the airbase. I meant... Now, I know what you meant. Never fear, Miss Nettles. I shall explain everything. Once we've caught up with Lethbridge Stewart, that is. Why? Because I'd rather not have to repeat myself. That's why. <laughs>
3: That's far enough, Corporal. I suppose I'll just have to make my way through the main gate on foot. I've faced Yeti, Cybermen, Daleks, Autons and Axons. I've nothing to fear from a band of irate female protesters.
13: Look out, ladies. Here comes another warmonger. Don't believe it. After all this
3: time. Excuse me, Madam. I'm trying to get from... Wait! Where's my cap? You there!
9: Give me back my cap!
3: That's unit property. Now listen, all of you. If it's peace, love and understanding you want, you're going the wrong way about it.
13: Give him back his cap.
3: Much appreciated, madam. Now, if you wouldn't mind telling your uh, comrades to clear the way. It is you. Um, I beg your pardon? I
13: knew it was. The moment I saw you.
3: Uh, do I do I know you, madam?
13: Alistair Gordon Lethbridge-Stewart. Completely different, but completely the same.
3: Mrs. Queen? Daphne? I knew you'd remember. Oh, come here. Oh. Oh, good Lord. Oh,
5: good grief, Lethbridge-Stewart. I don't think I've ever seen you deploying this particular tactic... Hugging the opposition?
3: (sighs) Alistair, who's this? Um, uh, don't worry, Doctor. Everything's, uh, (coughs) quite under control. Very glad to hear it.
11: Mind his head! Unit duty, MO? Be fair, sir. Everything's ready in.
12: What on earth's happened to him? (laughs) That's for you
9: to work out, Fairford.
4: Move! must be the place window window the window oh they were here you can tell by the tracks
2: then where did they go
4: the RAF base I'm guessing but I don't suppose the exact spot is marked on the map
2: it's not a good map then
4: you've never heard of national security no no I don't suppose you have oh, we passed a pub a couple of miles back I'll use their phone There are a couple of contacts I can call, if we don't want to get completely lost. Sarah-Jane, wait! What's the matter?
2: I hear voices. Well, I don't. Focus. Not of this world, voices. Faint, but they're there. Where?
4: On the map. There. Slap-bang in the middle of nowhere sort of place you'd find a high-security airbase, in fact. We should go. That way, forward. The voices will guide us. I hope you're right about this.
13: Tea, Doctor? Ah,
5: very kind of you, Daphne.
13: Probably best not to trouble, Alistair. Indeed. I'm curious, Doctor. You're not an officer. What do you do, exactly?
3: Well...
9: What? Like I says, sir, chopper's stuck.
3: Well, you'll just have to find some other way to get it here, won't you, Sir Major?
9: How, like, uh, sir?
3: How is not my problem. Yours. Ah, thank you. You can stick a rocket on the back of a carrier pigeon for <sighs> all I care. Just get that authorization over here as quick as you can.
5: Goodness, he does sound cross. How exactly do you know Lethbridge Stewart, if you don't mind my asking?
13: Oh, it was a long time ago. Somewhere far away and hot. He was just a young captain then. Barely a hair on his top lip. Ah, you were sweethearts. Doctor, I was married to his CO.
5: I, I, I'm so sorry. Uh, please forgive my presumption.
13: Oh, we were well acquainted. <clears throat> oh. I'm sorry,
3: was that too hot? Go on, Roach. It's not like I don't have enough on my plate already.
9: Miss Smith only went and freed that kaleidoscope fella, sir.
3: Miss Smith what? Drove him straight out of HQ. Board as you like. We couldn't stop her, sir. Oh, you couldn't stop her, couldn't you? For heaven's sake, words fail me, Roach. Greyhound out. No joy, Brigadier. Turns out that hound Hurley is imposed to no-fly zone around a ten-mile radius so the letter I need from the minister can't get here by chopper.
13: And without that letter, the air commodore won't let you into the base?
3: Precisely. <sighs> Tea up, is it? So what about Sarah? Miss Smith is about to find herself persona non grata, so far as this intelligence task force is concerned. Oh, that'd be a pity. I had more than my fill of meddlesome journalists. Yes, that reminds me.
13: Here, Alistair. Hot, dark and sweet. Hmm.
3: Thank you. Uh, well remembered, uh, Mrs. Green.
5: Daphne was just telling me about how the pair of you first met, when she was married to your C.O. Uh,
3: how is Major Green?
13: Johnny died fifteen years ago. As a matter of fact.
3: Uh, I'm uh, I'm sorry to hear that. I confess I am rather surprised I hadn't heard.
13: They hushed it up, of course. The army, the establishment.
3: Why? If you don't mind my asking.
13: After Alistair's promotion, Johnny ended up in tactical.
3: Top-secret weapons, that sort of thing.
13: Atomic batteries for the battlefield. There were practical tests. Unsafe ones, as it turned out. Poor Johnny was... exposed. Ah. He already had his doubts about soldiering in this new dark age of instant oblivion... But it was too late for him to do anything about it, so... So
3: you became a peace campaigner. Is
13: that so very strange?
3: Not at all, Mrs. Green.
5: Not at all.
14: You said there were metal parts protruding from his skin when you first saw him? Mm,
9: like little weevils. Must have dropped off him unless... Uh...
14: Unless they worked their way inside.
2: What's that?
14: That's what the ECG is picking up from inside his chest cavity.
2: What are you saying? What do you want? How
4: are those voices of yours? Louder now. And more
2: of them, I think.
4: (laughs) Well, would you believe it?
2: That's the airbase.
4: That's it. Look, there's the doctor's new car thing. What are those women doing? Oh, the same as you, trying to save the world.
3: Don't that lot ever stop?
4: Every
13: hour on the hour. Keeps everyone's spirits up.
3: Some might call it psychological warfare. A peaceful protest, Alistair. It's their democratic right, you know. <laughs> if you say so. Doctor! Doctor! Well, look who's here. Miss Smith, too! Do
4: you hear it, Doctor?
3: You'd have to be 500 feet down a mine shaft not to hear that.
4: What? He doesn't mean the singing, Brigadier. He means the voices.
3: Voices, Sarah? The
2: voices that carry. The
4: voices inside. Some, I don't know, alien chatter, he thinks.
13: Alien?
5: Well, there's a simple way to find out if he's right.
3: From inside the airbase, you mean?
13: What is that? A
4: microphone?
3: His sonic screwdriver.
4: But what's he doing with it? Don't ask. I'm Sarah Jane Smith, by the way, and you are?
3: Don't ask.
5: Well now, it seems Mr. Kaleidoscope may indeed be onto something. Are you sure? I set my device to scan for frequencies beyond the reach of human communications. It's quite distinct.
2: Yes, and getting stronger all the time. Which would fit my theory.
5: You never said you had a theory. We saw your UFO disperse itself when it made contact with the phantom. What if it reassembled itself on the ground? Doctor, even I would
3: have noticed a whacking great UFO sitting in the middle of a field. When I analysed
5: your stardust, I found it to be entirely inert on the molecular level. So where did all the essential matter go? Come on, Lethbridge-Stewart. You can do it. The pilot. The metal bits. It's my belief that something is reassembling itself inside that poor pilot. Something that might break out at any moment.
4: Doctor, there are nuclear missiles inside that base.
5: Yes. We've got to get inside there now. Anyone have any ideas how we may do that?
2: I may be able to help.
9: (laughs) I'm no expert, but I know enough to know those vital signs are not good.
14: None of this makes any sense.
9: Damn it, it's simple! That noise, uh, those are the bugs that got inside my man when the phantom collided with that, the.
5: Uh, whatever it was. Bugs? Listening machines, little foreign
9: bodies. I want them out of there, so get your knives and your scalpels and get to it.
12: But we don't yet well, know. What you people be- always have to argue!
10: Hurley.
9: <laughs> Why? What's going on down there?
5: Who off the telly? Who the hell is Kaleidoscope?
2: You men of war in there. You soldiers of the air. I have journeyed many light years here to show you the way out of the dark. Open your gates to me and I'll show you how to open your hearts and your minds.
3: Yes, I um, (coughs) am... I'm... uh, I'm not sure they're altogether impressed.
4: You'll see, Brigadier.
2: All right. If you won't let me in, I'll just have to walk in, won't I? Focus. <laughs> Told you. Yes, but how. My friends, are you with me? Come with me. <laughs>
14: That's my cue.
5: Up and over the fence, and then... get
1: leg up, Doctor.
5: You! I thought I told you to wait in my vehicle.
1: Your Brigadier wasn't looking, so I followed you to where the action is.
5: I have no need of assistance. The guards won't be distracted forever. Two of us are far more likely to be caught.
1: Suit yourself. Smile, Doctor. What? You think I don't carry spare film?
5: Oh, Miss Nettles, this isn't helpful.
1: Quite sure you don't want me where you can keep an eye on me.
5: Very well. But do try to be discreet. i kindly stop taking my picture.
2: What do these words mean? Kumbaya.
13: Peace, I suppose.
2: Then they're good words.
13: Oh, Lord. Now we're in trouble.
2: You men... Put down your guns and sing with us. Kumbaya, my lord, kumbaya. I don't think they're listening,
13: Mr... Kaleidoscope?
3: Yes, I'd stop right there if I were you. Why, we come in peace. I didn't mean the hippie messiah. I meant you when. The security detail. Kindly warned the air commodore there's a journalist outside the gate. Taking photos.
4: So I shouldn't do anything rash, if I were you. Huh. Who's got the scoop of the year now, Jenny Nettles?
5: As I thought. They've left the security stations unattended while they deal with the stage fracas out outside.
1: You never told me what you thought was wrong with that pilot.
5: I don't suppose you've heard of nanobots, have you?
1: Nanobot?
5: Hmm. Here we are.
1: The medical centre.
5: Look, if you really want to help, you'll stay here and watch the corridor before those guards realise they've been had. Now, come on. Uh, Commodore, I must protest.
12: No more procrastination. I am giving you a direct order. Do it, and I'll have you arrested. All right. But everyone here knows I'm doing this under duress. Then make the incision. Get those bots
5: out. I wouldn't do that if I were you.
9: Damn it! This is the operating theatre. You're not even wearing a mask. Flesh!
10: Flash, flash, retreat. Who said that? Flash, retreat. Terran Flesh! will retreat.
12: The voices. They're inside the chest cavity.
10: We are quiet! We emerge. You oh, are pulling up,
5: Mr. Mountain. What are they? Alien nanobots, as I suspected.
10: Let's retreat! Now we emerge! Now we fall! Oh.
5: What are they? Alien nanobots, as I suspected.
10: They're Now we emerge. Now we... Oh.
12: The patient's dead. We've got to get out of here.
10: I didn't
5: give you permission to leave. It's
12: a little late for that.
9: Locate, safe.
5: What are they? I I thought I told you to watch the corridor, Miss Nettles.
1: I'm a journalist.
5: She's a what? She's a TV journalist. They are the UFO you intercepted. Microscopic machines able to reconfigure and regenerate themselves inside any suitable environment. How? I guess by stealing electrical energy. Even the electrical energy contained inside the human body. Is that what they did to my pilot?
1: Slave devices located. But why? What do they want?
5: What do you expect
9: me to do, interview them? You creatures, listen to me. Listen.
10: Colonize and exploit slave devices.
5: They're heading for the ventilation system. Into the heart of the base. Well, we'll have to see about that. Access denied, gentlemen. Or ladies. Right, right.
10: New device detected.
5: My sonic screwdriver. Yes, that stopped you, hasn't it? Some sort of pen thing. And the reason is because you know something about it that the air Commodore doesn't, don't you, nanobots?
10: Save device is not human.
5: Not of this Earth, precisely. And neither am I. What?
13: Stuff? Not my
3: scene, thank you, Daphne. Ah, uh, Mrs. Green?
10: Non-Terran, name your species.
5: If you really must know, I'm the Doctor, and I'm a Time Lord. But I speak on behalf of all life on Earth. He claims terror is his already. No, this planet is the province of its own indigenous life forms.
9: Flesh bombs
5: That's right, man And woman Ignore her Ignore him Humankind is currently the dominant species here Although I sometimes wonder if it's time one of the non-primates had a term The dolphins, perhaps Or the cephalopods. Slugs and snails They're gastropods I don't
9: care what they eat, they're not taking over You
5: nanotypes, I must ask you in my capacity as chief scientific advisor to the UN Intelligence Task Force to clarify your intentions for this planet.
10: Non-Terran makes no claim
7: to own this world. His flesh is of no concern.
9: Now, ventilators shut. You can't get out that way.
7: Well, it's
1: not shut now. Pretty strong, aren't they? Come back
9: here. I want to talk... To you back some little insects. Well, they can hardly take over the globe one person at a time,
5: can they? A commodore. It beggars belief that of all the places on Earth they might have chosen, these machines just happen to have picked a flight path that took them directly over this particular airbase. What do you mean? I'm given to understand that RAF Weatherton is home to some ghastly new weapon system. Is that correct?
1: The Minerva project.
5: Yeah,
9: the existence of any such project has not been confirmed by any official state agency. <coughs> but if if such a project existed, those things couldn't actually get inside the missiles, could they?
5: Inside anything electrically powered? Inside the hangar doors? Inside the launch computers? Inside the bomb planes? And yes, inside the missiles themselves. To what end? World War 3 I'd imagine.
3: Right then, if there really are no other verses, better go and deal with Miss Smith. Hey, the siren's stopped.
13: Hear that, ladies? We drowned them out!
15: Terrans, your face has been colonised. Resistance will meet with flesh-destructive force.
3: Hey? flesh-destructive force?
2: What's it mean?
3: You men there, you sentries. I am Brigadier Lethbridge-Stewart of Unit. This is an emergency. And unless someone among you outranks me in RAF terms, which I very much doubt, I'm placing the lot of you under my direct command. So look lively.
13: What about my ladies?
3: Are you proposing they take up arms? Obviously not. Then get them back beyond the base perimeter. I'm sorry. This is soldiers' business now. Greyhound leader to trap one. All unit personnel, move in. I repeat, move in. Oh,
5: damn it, what's up with the base comms? Colonized, I expect. These creatures are intelligent. Take out the communications network and they create disorder. But they're just bugs. Bugs with designs on these missiles of yours. So where are they stored? I can't divulge that information to civilians.
1: Um, civilians have eyes, you know. Doctor, I saw some secure hangers on the way
5: in. Thank you, Miss Nettles. Come along, Hurley. You might as well lead the
10: way. <sighs>
3: I want these hangers secured. Priority A-1. You, the sergeant, take three men and hold hangar three. Sir! Corporal, you take these three and secure hangar two. The rest of you, with me. We're taking hangar one. Damn it, Lethbridge Stewart! Stand down now or I'll shoot you on the spot! <sighs> well, since you do have jurisdiction here, I have no choice but to withdraw. Lethbridge Stewart, my dear chap, tell me... Have you
5: seen any evidence of nanobot activity around these hangars? I'm not sure I'd recognise it if I had.
1: Swarmy, buzzy, insecty things in a cloud?
3: No. Wait, what's she doing here? Answer the doctor's question, man. I haven't seen any evidence of nanobots in activity. Oh,
1: then where are they? Terrans
8: have moved
12: to defend geosectors north.
5: Where their weapons must be. What the devil? You gave the game away, you fool! I heard you just now! I said they were intelligent!
15: Colonize their weapons! Liberate
3: their slave devices from control! Where are they? Where's that noise coming from? I don't know. It seems to be all around. Correction?
5: Beneath us. By God! They're in the greetings under the runways. They've taken over the entire substructure of the base.
3: Yes. Now they're heading for the hangars. Air Commodore, what exactly do you want us to do? I. I. you You man! Shoot them! Your weapons will be weak. Air
5: Commodore, you might as well shoot at a craft. Precisely. Some problems just can't be solved with bullets alone. Let me, it. I do believe you're learning.
9: Cease firing! <sighs>
5: They're gone. They must be inside the hangars. And exactly what damage can they do in there? The technology will be unfamiliar to them. And they'll have to unlock all the necessary fail-safes. Minutes or hours, man? Minutes. Then I've no
9: option. Flight Lieutenant Meridale, take an escort. Fetch the remote codes and rendezvous with the helipad. Sir.
5: The rest of you, with me. Remote codes? Are you thinking what I'm thinking, Lethbridge-Stewart? I am indeed. It's decisive action. I'll give him that. What is? I presume Hurley means to detonate the nuclear missiles inside the hangars. But that means... We'll all be at ground zero, yes. If I were you, Miss Nettles, I'd start running. And tell everyone you meet to get out of this place as fast as they possibly can. Right! Right! Including Sarah Jane Smith!
3: Doctor, do you think you can negotiate with these creatures? Possibly. It's the Air Commodore I'm more worried about. Terran weapons
10: will soon be free!
12: Come on!
13: The Brigadier said what? That it was soldiers' business.
2: That we should retreat.
4: So you just did as he said? You great wet... uh, alien lettuce!
2: You believe me then, Sarah... That I'm alien.
4: I must do, mustn't I? Now come on, we're going to find the doctor. Get out! Everyone run! It's Jenny, my friend. Joy of joys.
1: Sarah Jane, please, will you drive me? I'm not a
4: taxi. Drive you where?
1: Anywhere, as fast as you can. Hurley's going to explode the missiles on the ground. He's what?
4: Slave
10: devices are tackled by mathematical codes. Code one of five population in progress.
12: mirrors
9: here. You got the briefcase? Key? <laughs> Keys? huh Now get aboard. I'll be in the last helicopter. Go! Go! Harley! Whatever you think you're doing, stop. It's none of your business, Lepig
5: Stewart. None of my business. Forget it, old chap. I'm very much afraid the Air Commodore has got quite round the twist. I'm very sorry I can't give the pair of
9: you a ride. My choppers, the last one out of Saigon, and we're all out of room.
3: But then you were never officially authorized to be here, were you? Where's your authorization? You will set off nuclear weapons on the British mainland like... like whiz-bangs in a municipal park. Damn it, man! PM has gonna sign off on this.
9: I have the authority here. Think of the fallout, Hurley! No, I won't be in any trouble. You see the Minerva missiles, they're not nukes! They're not? That's what the Sunday columnists and the, the happy clappies decided they were. The missiles won't explode, they'll implode, sucking everything in a 2.5 km radius into a micro singularity.
5: A micro what? A, a pinprick hole in space. So start running! I know perfectly well what a singularity is, Air Commodore. My question is, what's technology like that doing on Earth? Code one of
1: five calculated. Code one of five is correct.
13: Code two, calculation in progress. They're evacuating the base. I fear your friend may be right, Miss
1: Smith.
4: Jenny Nettles is not my friend. Where's the doctor and the brigadier?
1: Still in there. The doctor told me to find you. He said you had to go, that everyone had to go. Oh,
4: I don't doubt that he did. Cal, did you mean it when you said you wanted to help? Of course. Good.
13: I have to warn my ladies. Oh, dear. All we've got for transport is a a couple of camper vans, I'm afraid.
4: Then go, and good luck. Please, Sarah Jane, I know we've not always seen eye to eye on everything, but underneath all that, we're the same. It's the two CV. Take anyone else who'll fit in. I want her back without so much as a scratch on the bonnet. But aren't you coming? The story's this way, Jenny Nichols. You see, we're not the same at all. Come on, Cal.
2: Goodbye, Jenny. Be safe. It would be sad if anything bad happened to you. You're not going in there with her, seriously? I promised I'd help. I'm not a lettuce.
5: Oh, wait for me, Sarah! I'm willing to bet you've been on UFO salvage missions before, haven't you, Air Commodore? You unit types lock that stuff away in force! But think of the tactical advantage that's being lost! There's no advantage in adding alien weapons of mass destruction to Earth's
3: own arsenal of death! But surely, Doctor, if those alien nano-things get sucked up into a hole created by alien missiles, that solves everything! The
5: atom crunching technology Hurley's describing might just about be safe for one isolated detonation. But just imagine the damage, a chain reaction of implosions within implosions, might do to localised space-time. Implosions within implosions, what rot. I take it the Minerva launch codes were in that briefcase of yours? Doctor, what are you doing? Ah! The brief to you, you fried it! No, I've tripped the failsafe incorporated as standard into any such mechanism. Then untrip it! I could, but I'd sooner talk to these creatures and negotiate their surrender. Doctor, I know what I'm doing. You'd better. Code
10: 2 up 5 calculated. Code 2 of 5 is correct. Code 3 calculation in progress.
4: Sounds ominous. Where's the doctor?
2: I hear voices.
4: That's just the PA system. No, inside this big metal house. Doctor? Brigadier? Are you in there? Terrence will not interfere. I'm not interfering. I just want to know if the doctor's in there.
2: Whoa! The doors are opening.
4: So it might be wise to stand back.
10: Ghost
4: device, advance. Ghost device? What do you mean?
2: An aircraft.
4: A phantom, of course. Just a very literal translation.
10: Ghost device in position. Flesh must be changed.
4: Why? What are you going to do?
5: Sarah, get down.
2: The phantom's gun pod is live. What's a gun pod? Oh, no. Cal, you're in the way.
10: Destroy the flesh.
2: Focus. Cal, are you all right? I made the projectiles go
4: away. I...
2: you regaled them. What? He's unharmed.
4: Oh, our friend Cal has quite a few surprises up his silver sleeve. Well, never mind that
5: now. We'd better get out of the way before it fires again. Quickly! Code 3
10: of 5 calculated. Code 3 of 5 is correct. Code 4 calculation
3: in progress. We're running out of time. Let's hope the doctor can keep those nanowatts it's talking long enough for us to get inside. This is the roof ladder. There's an access hatch to the ceiling gantries. Go on, man. Don't tell me you're scared of heights. I'm just worried it won't take your weight.
5: You nano-machines. Could I have your attention, please?
10: calculation in progress.
14: Code for calculation 56%
5: complete. I appreciate you're terribly busy, but I've a proposal to make to you, and I think you might find it interesting.
10: Code for calculation in progress. Code for calculation
5: 68% complete. Because I dare say, there are better ways of getting whatever it is you want than threatening the world with mass
10: destruction.
7: We are the great. Established methodology,
10: liberates most advanced slave technology of target planet to dominate the
5: flesh. Ah, but these Minerva missiles aren't of Terran design. They're stolen technology.
10: Immaterial.
5: All Terrans will surrender to the Grid. All Terrans will become
10: part of the Grid.
5: The Grid? As in an electrical grid, of course. The Flesh, as you call us, we're just batteries to you. Correct! I realized as much when I saw how you'd regenerated yourselves inside that poor pilot. But why you retreated inside him? That's what really interests me. is correct.
3: Yes. Through here.
5: Don't mind your revolver, you clumsy
3: oaf! They'll hear you. Hurry up and pass the briefcase down Hurley. The doctor can't keep them talking forever. Final code
5: calculation in progress. Time's ticking by, so I'd better make you my offer. Vacate the Terran's machine and place yourself inside some suitable receptacle. This ammunition box will do. Final code
14: calculation 21%
10: complete.
5: Once you're secured... I'll transport you off this world to somewhere more suitable. The lightning reefs of Galaxy 6, for example. Utterly inhospitable to flesh life. But just about the perfect environment for creatures like you.
10: That is not great methodology.
5: Yes, you'll need persuading. You see, I was curious to know why you'd retreated inside that pilot. And then I realised. The rain. The rain shorts out you machines, doesn't it? Leaving you in art.
16: Irrelevant. There is no rain here.
5: Wrong. That's why I sent my friend, the Brigadier, into the roof rafters to turn on the sprinkler system manually. Ready, Brigadier? When you are, Doctor. So just pop yourselves in the box like good little bots, or it's the cold shower to end all cold showers for you. Well, what do you say to that? 93% 93 percent complete ah that's a pity
3: that's breach stewart let them have it roger that's docked up Alert, alas they take
10: the device they take all the device <laughs>
9: Swarming out of the phantoms. Look!
3: Good lord. It's actually working.
4: Cal, stay there. Doctor, is everything all right? All
5: perfectly under control, Sarah. We cannot
10: remain. We need refuge.
5: Of course. Inside the box, and you'll be bouncing around those lightning reefs before you
15: know it.
2: No.
10: We will take refuge
2: in you.
15: What? Doctor,
4: look out! Get away from him! Occupied and I'm oh, No, uh, this wasn't what we agreed!
5: By the Time Lord, not a flop house for pestilential space parasites!
3: Get out! Get
9: down! It's all gone wrong!
3: Those things are taking him over!
9: There's only one course of action left to us, the one we should have taken all along! You're right!
3: Pass me the briefcase, Harley. Damn it! I could have got away. We're soldiers. We live all our days on account. Shame about Miss Smith, mind. Doctor. Doctor, that's the briefcase. Unlock the code.
5: <laughs> Doctor, listen. We colonize. We occupy. He is ours.
3: Miss Smith, the screwdriver. Grab his screwdriver.
5: Right. Now. Established methodology will proceed. Total obliteration of closest metropolis, followed by ultimatum.
4: Oh, oh, oh Doctor, you're hurting my arm! Let go! I, I can't resist
5: them, Sarah!
4: Oh, you have to try! Fight them! I know you can do it! Non-terran
5: uh, brain calculating final code. Final code calculation complete.
4: No! Get out of him! Leave him alone!
5: Non-Terran will use non-Terran screwdriver to launch Minerva missile manually. Target confirmed. Metropolis known as London.
4: What? No, you mustn't! There are millions of people there!
5: Minerva missile launch in T minus 30 Terran seconds. 29... 28...
3: Get away from here, Miss Smith. Oh, Brigadier, we can't just leave him I know There's no sense in being flattened when that missile launches
2: I know what to do, Cal
4: I told you to stay back
2: Focus
4: You creatures Depart the Doctor Leave
5: the Doctor now We are compelled We cannot resist Can he
3: really do it?
4: You know what, Brigadier, I think he can
3: Good grief, it's working.
4: They're leaving him. Oh, well done, cow.
2: I have to keep the swarm together. Sarah Jane, the box. Ammo box, the course.
4: Uh, into the box. I compel you. In.
3: How's he doing that?
4: Oh, does it really matter? He's saving the doctor. Saving everyone. No, Sarah Jane, the lid. Uh, got it.
3: Is that it? Are they secure? Uh, That's it. You can shut the sprinklers off now, Hurley. We're all soaked through down here.
2: Cal, you just saved the world. Please, I've got to maintain my concentration.
5: Yes. Perhaps we can rustle up an electromagnet to secure that box and take the strain.
4: Oh, Doctor, you're all right.
3: Thanks to the fellow in the silver trousers, yes.
2: The electromagnet.
3: Please. Right you are. This is Greyhound Leader. Situation is stable. I want an electromagnet laid on at the secure hangars right away. And then I want these ghastly missiles put beyond use. Hang in there, Mr. Kaleidoscope.
5: It's nearly all over.
9: It is for you.
5: Hurley. I was hoping to spend at least the next five minutes without a deluded monomaniac waving a weapon in my direction. You're under arrest, Doctor Don't be ridiculous. The Doctor and Cal have just saved us all. You can't arrest him. It's a military base. I dare say he can.
4: On what charge? (laughs) Trespassing. Then he'd better arrest me, too.
9: Adhering to the sovereign's enemies, giving them aid and comfort in the realm or elsewhere. High treason.
4: What? You can't
9: be serious. One of the only crimes where the death penalty still applies, Doctor.
1: Good evening. I'm Jenny Nettles, and you may remember that recently I spoke to Kaleidoscope, the alien messiah who claimed to have come to save humanity. But it turns out he's got a rival, a mysterious individual known only as the Doctor.
5: I'm the Doctor, and I'm a Time Lord, but I speak on behalf of all life on Earth.
1: Could it really be that a non-human is knowingly employed by the security services here in the UK?
5: I must ask you... In my capacity as Chief Scientific Advisor to the UN Intelligence Task Force, to clarify your intentions for this planet.
1: Or have our security services allowed themselves to be infiltrated by a crackpot?
5: Humankind is currently the dominant species here. Although I sometimes wonder if it's time one of the non-primates had a time. The dolphins, perhaps. Or the
1: Later in the programme, with the help of secret tape recordings and photographs, I'll be bringing you the story of this mystery man's involvement with a weapons alert at a missile base earlier today and asking, Doctor Who? But first, here's Francis with everything else that's been happening around and about. <laughs>
4: You can't just abandon
3: him, Brigadier. My dear Miss Smith, no one's being cast adrift. Then explain to me exactly what you're doing to get the Doctor out of Hurley's custody. Right now. Nothing. See? You admit it. It's been a long day. I think the best thing all round is for everyone to cool their heels. Not least my erstwhile scientific advisor. Who knows? Night in a cell at R. F. Weatherton might do him some good. Uh, Sergeant Major Roach, call my car round to the front of HQ, will you? Sir?
4: Are you serious? You can't just clock off when your colleague, your friend, has been charged with high treason. Bridge, Stewart's
3: office? I'd like to see Hurley make that one stick. I'll put a few high-level calls in first thing in the morning. I'm sure the Air Commodore will soon realise that it's in his best interests to brush today's events under the thickest carpet possible. Will someone kindly pick up that blasted phone?
4: Hurley's the one who ought to be in jail, not the doctor.
3: Technically, Miss Smith, it should be you.
4: Trespassing, yes,
3: but for all the right reasons... I was thinking more of you breaking out a unit prisoner. There's no one manning that switchboard. Excuse me. Lethbridge Stewart?
7: Damn it, Lethbridge Stewart. What's happening with this television programme?
3: Uh, uh, what television programme, sir? The
7: one on the TV now. They're talking about that
14: fellow
3: of yours. I take it you mean the doctor. Sir,
9: I've an urgent call from the minister.
3: One minute, I need to know what's going on with some television programme. But,
4: but it's about the television programme.
3: What television program?
4: Of course. 637. Around and about.
3: Well, sounds pretty exact to me.
4: No, around and about. Jenny Nettle's programme. It's going out now.
3: What's Miss Nettles got to do with it? Your doctor's but, on our programme. Program, program, the doctor? But
4: Commodore Hurley's got him locked in a cell.
10: She's got photographs and and secret tape recordings.
4: She's what? Brigadier, if Jenny Nettles blows the doctor's cover, that'll be the end of him working for Unit. And
3: we have to get that wretched woman off the air. (laughs) Well, you're
7: not getting me in a bath full of eels, even if it is for charity. (laughs) Back to Jenny Nettles, who's been investigating a very strange person indeed. Jenny.
1: Thanks, Francis. The man in the pictures is known as The Doctor. Don't be fooled by his appearance. He's not in fancy dress. In fact, he's employed by one of the most secretive organisations in the world, advising them on UFOs and extraterrestrial life. Because, incredible as it may seem, he claims to be an extraterrestrial himself.
6: We're sorry for the break in tonight's edition of Around and About. We hope to get the programme back on air as soon as possible. In the meantime, here is some music.
5: Rise and shine, is it there? Good morning, hey, Commodore. What are you doing down there, man? A Venusian yoga, as a matter of fact. I try to fit in 15 minutes' worth every morning. Alas, I don't have all the limbs for the downward kaklak. Lance Corporal, fetch the manacles! Well, they won't help. Hold on, I need to talk to you the right way up. Oh. Not on the bench. Hands and feet where I can see
9: them. If I must.
5: Now, nah, to business. About those nanobots. Lethbridge Stewart took them. Not my problem anymore. Unlike you. You must realize that everything I did yesterday was in the best interests of your planet.
9: You prevented me from discharging my duty to dispatch those creatures. Leaving some spoonbender from space to save us all. I admit things did get a little hairy for a moment. If it were up to me, a small man in a dark suit would be shaking your hands to work out the length of the drop.
5: I take that to mean the authorities think otherwise. Of course they do. Don't worry. I'll make my own way back to Unit HQ. Sit down, Doctor. You're not going back to Unit. I'm a free agent. I'll associate with whoever I
9: choose. <laughs> Not anymore. Not since your journalist friend betrayed you by revealing your identity on national television.
5: Sarah Jane Smith did what?
9: Not her, the other one. Ah. She had photographs, tape recordings, the whole kitten caboodle. Fortunately, a left steward got her program pulled before she could say too much more.
5: Fortunately for you, you mean?
9: That's how far as units concerned, you're now persona non grata, some um, balmy fantasist whom they Never, ever employed. You're enjoying this, aren't you? Well, not as much as I'm going to enjoy escorting you to your new place of residence.
5: Ah, let me guess. The scrubs? Her Majesty's prison sled? Or is it strange ways here we come? Nowhere so convivial. Turns out there's
9: already a precedent for dealing with illegal aliens of a criminal bent. An island fortress off the south coast. I gather you're familiar with it. What?
5: The place they sent the master?
9: It's my understanding that security has been significantly overhauled since then. Not even Papillon
5: himself could escape. Well, I look forward to giving it my best efforts.
9: Lance Corporal, the ankle fetters too? Has anyone ever told you, Doctor, you talk too much?
5: Myself? Frequently? Frequently?
3: Take a leg, Mr. Kaleidoscope. Busy day ahead. Mr. Kaleidoscope. Are you asleep?
2: (sighs) I'm sorry. Sometimes the voices come when I
3: meditate. Ah. Hence the, uh, the, uh, lotus uh, position. (laughs) Thought you were doing Venusian yoga there, like, um... The doctor? Yes, yes, him. Uh, They've been on the old, uh, Bush Telegraph, have they? These, uh... These voices from beyond of yours?
2: They told me to stay where I was. That's why I chose not to escape this cell of yours.
3: Yes. Well, I asked Sajibate Roach to make it a little more comfy for you. Uh, Those are extra blankets on the bunk.
2: It's all right. I like sleeping on the floor. It makes me feel closer to the earth. Oh,
3: does it indeed. Look, about these powers of yours, I'd just like to introduce you to someone. So you can demonstrate to him just what it is you can do. Under laboratory conditions. Or scientifically recorded and what have you. If you like.
2: Oh, I know. Is it... Yuri Geller? Ha!
3: Good God, no. No, 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 no. Uh, Look, if it's all right, I'm going to leave you in the capable hands of our new M.O. All right. You can come in now. Mr. Kaleidoscope, meet Surgeon Lieutenant Sullivan. I say, don't worry about the surgeon, bit. Seconded from the Royal Navy, you see. Uh, I see. Sergeant Lieutenant Sullivan, meet Mister Kaleidoscope. I prefer Cal. Well, that's all right. I prefer Harry. Right, good. Well, I'll uh, I'll leave you to put our friend through his paces. <laughs> Carry on, Sullivan. Uh,
11: jolly good, thank you, sir. Now then, old chap, I'm a bit confused by these uh, powers of yours. What is it you say you can do exactly?
4: Oh, oh, oh is that you, Brigadier? Any news on the job Smith?
13: Jo- so sorry if I woke you. It's Daphne Green.
4: Daphne oh oh yes. Look, I'm expecting a call, so You gave me your card? Oh, I see. Yes, uh, but I'm afraid I didn't mean I'd be writing a story on the peace camp today, and besides I'd have to interest my editor first. Of course. I understand that.
13: But there's a spy in the airbase, you see. A spy? Not like John le dear. Someone's auntie in the kitchens who relays all the gossip, the comings and goings, that sort of thing. Why are you telling me this? It's about your friend, the doctor. What about him? He's being transferred later this morning, apparently. When? Where to? I don't know exactly, on either count. But wherever they're going, it's somewhere so secret that Hurley himself is leading the convoy to give them directions en route.
4: I wonder why they need a convoy.
13: Just a couple of outriders and a prison van. It's just, I thought you'd want to know if Hurley was up to something hush-hush?
4: Yes, yes, I do. Thank you very much, Daphne.
13: I'd have called Alistair. Only Unit HQ isn't in the book. No, I suppose it isn't.
4: And anyway, after Miss
13: Neville's program last night, I dare say he'll want to keep his distance from the doctor now.
4: I uh, dare say you'd be right... Anyway, thanks for calling. Bye. Right, Brigadier.
1: Well, so much for freedom of the press.
3: There's press freedom, Miss Nettles. And there's journalists who take liberties. Don't tell me it wasn't you who caused the studios to go
1: dark last night.
3: Plain old power cut, apparently. Happens all the time. Industrial dispute, probably.
1: And when the lights finally came back on, my pictures and tapes had all mysteriously disappeared.
3: Things do tend to disappear in the dark. I take it you didn't make copies. The copies, too. Oh, what a pity. Well, keep looking. They might yet turn up. You won't
1: get away with this, you know. People have video recorders now.
3: Got one myself, as a matter of fact. Alas, I was using it to record a film on the other channel. John Wayne in Rio Bravo. Quite marvellous.
1: What about Cal? Did you have him disappeared in the dark too? Am I next on the list?
3: This isn't a police state, Miss Nettles. It's not as though I have the power to send you to a Siberian gulag. I bet you'd like to. Mr Kaleidoscope is elsewhere in this building, helping us with our investigations of his own free will.
10: What?
11: Sorry about the state of the room, old man. The brigadier wanted laboratory conditions, but it's not exactly ship shape. What an old police box is doing in the corner is anyone's guess.
2: It's singing. Singing? Well, humming.
11: What's it doing? The Dixon of Doc Green music? I can't say I hear anything. Mind you, the old lugs are still ringing from the send-off they gave me back at Barracks. (laughs) Right then, all the nodules I've placed round your noggin are plugged into what we call an electroencephalograph machine. Bit of a mouthful, so we usually call it an EEG. Uh, Not to be confused with what Mr Heath took us into, of course.
2: You want to measure the electrical activity in my brain?
11: Spot on. Have you uh, had any medical training? No. Still very good for a layman. I'll just switch on the old monitor and... There you go. Nice clean brainwave. Don't go thinking about any pretty ladies.
3: I wasn't going to. No, of course not. Look, Miss Nettles, perhaps if I explained a little more about what we do here at UNIT, you might be persuaded that I'm not some big-booted brown shirt.
1: Is that why you sent your henchmen round to pick me up? So you could brainwash me?
3: No. I had my men bring you in so I could protect you.
1: (laughs) Oh, is that what you call it?
3: It wasn't a UNIT facility you broke into yesterday. It's my understanding that Air Commodore Hurley is very keen to throw the book at you. Unlike me, he does have the power to lock you up. So? So, if you were to publicly retract your shock-horror expose of the Doctor, then I'd be able to offer you units protection from the MOD. At least until this whole sorry mess is sorted out.
1: Rubbish my professional reputation to save your face. (laughs) You'll have to do better than that,
3: Brigadier. Of course, Unit has made certain special arrangements with journalists in the past. Access to some of what we do within agreed boundaries.
1: I scratch your back, you'll scratch mine.
3: Quid pro quo would seem less vulgar. Well.
4: Smith! What can I do? Sergeant Major, is the Brigadier in? I had a call he needs to know about.
3: Why, he said he's not to be disturbed.
4: Nothing's more important than this. No, no, we Brigadier,
3: it's about the doctor. As you see, Miss Smith, I've got a visitor, so perhaps you wouldn't mind waiting outside.
4: As a matter of fact, this can't wait. Hello, Sarah Jane. What on earth is she doing here? She's the one who's caused all this trouble. The Brigadier was just explaining
1: to me how he sometimes makes special arrangements with journalists. Oh, he was, was
3: he? Uh, Well, within uh, uh, agreed uh, boundaries.
1: Of course. I don't believe this. I can't wait for him to show me around.
3: Yes, well, perhaps you could join us, Miss Smith.
1: What do you say to that, Sarah Jane? I'll tell you
4: what I say to that.
3: Right, well, we'd best get you to
11: demonstrate something, Cal, old man. Don't worry, I shan't ask you to bend a spoon.
4: I
2: could try to move something with my mind. What?
11: Telekinesis?
2: I don't know. I've not had any medical training.
11: All right, I'm game. Uh, How about uh, the glass beaker on the stinks bench there?
2: I'll try. Focus. How's that, Harry?
11: Well, I see it, but I'm not quite sure. I believe it. Glass
10: beaker. Would you let Go
11: oh, no, Mr. Uh, Mr. Is it's Hello. What's all the hullabaloo?
2: I'm sorry, I was distracted.
11: Oh, I was too. Some argy-bargy in the corridor.
2: A pretty lady? It was,
11: as a matter of fact.
8: Main gate cleared. Transport leaving the base now.
5: Cheers for the Air Commodore, ladies! Carry on, driver. Ignore the rabble. You've increased perimeter security, I see. Evidently. There's a phrase comes to mind from the third luminosity of the Hydra constellation. Roughly translated, it goes... There's no point sealing the Scrotnog embrasure after the Skrotnogs fled. What on earth? You're earthy. shutting the stable door after the horse has bolted, man!
13: This is Green Snipe to Blue Ptarmigan. Do you have a fix on the tracker?
5: Tracker fix
13: confirmed. Roger
5: that. Green Snipe out. You know, I'd have thought we could have flown since
9: we're leaving an airbase. Nothing's flying out of Weatherton pending the findings of an emergency investigation
5: into yesterday's uh, <coughs> incident. Been grounded, have you, Air Commodore? Uh,
9: right at the T junction, then follow the signs for the Devesham bypass. We'd have been there in half the time if we'd taken my car. That thing with fins was yours, I take it? Yes. I hope
5: no one tries moving it. They'll trip the anti theft device. <clears throat> we know. Ah, well, never mind. The force field should disengage and let them go. Eventually. Right here, driver. The fellow's got to give way first. Uh, Hurley, don't you know your highway code? Give way for what? Looks like... Well, there's a thing. A yellow 2CV.
4: Motorcycle escorts and a prison van. No prizes for guessing who's in there.
5: The Chateau d'If? Devil's Island? The Tower of London twice? Am I I meant to be amused or to think you're not sane? Neither. Just reminding myself
9: that all is not lost. You... wait. What was that? What was what? Two flashes up ahead. Stop the van!
5: Where did the Outriders go? I don't know. It's a little hard for me to turn around in these shackles. There are two puddles on the road. We are in England. They're bubbling. What? Let the heavens shake hit the deck. What the devil was that? What,
9: what, what's that smell? Driver? Careful, Hurley. The driver,
5: the guard, he, he's just melted. Get back down.
4: <laughs> what the heck's going on up
5: It's Lethbridge Stewart, it must be! A. Lethbridge Stewart would never resort to outright murder. Not of his own species, anyway. And B. Melt guns are not in the unit armory. Melt guns? Nor in any armory on this planet, in fact. So, in the name of Sanity Man, let me out of these chains before whoever's ambushed us arrives. <laughs> right, yes. That hurry! Just a feet to go at it. doesn't sound like a typically monstrous tread. Doctor,
4: are you in there?
5: Sarah! I told you it was Lethbridge-Stewart. Oh, do be quiet.
4: There's been an accident, the front of the van.
5: It's been melted, we know.
4: Doctor, listen, there are men on the road. They've got guns. You're there,
5: stop. Sarah, get round the back of the van. The door locks from the front cab. But the front cab's been melted. Sarah, the door, try opening the door.
4: You don't need to tell me twice.
5: Hurry up, Hurley!
10: I said stop!
5: Damn it! They're firing their melt guns again. I'd say that was a plain old laser rifle. What? Well, you two stop quibbling
4: and run?
9: It's Blue Tomagan. Three targets heading north.
4: My car's just ahead. Wait!
5: Who's there? We've got to stop them. Just turn around. Go back. There are trigger-happy lunatics on the road I've had. Are you listening to me?
13: I heard you very well, Doctor. Mrs. Green, Daphne, you have to turn around. We're all in deadly danger. I'm not. Now please do as the nice men told you.
5: Ah, that isn't a laser pistol at least. There is a Makarov semi-automatic. That's what the KGB
10: uses.
4: You can't be working for the KGB. Uh, can
13: you? One hates to be unnecessarily ruthless. So, please, Miss Smith, put your hands up. There's a good girl. You phoned me. You tricked me. It was necessary.
9: I always knew you. Peace women were traitors.
13: The girls at the gate are nothing but decent and earnest. I've betrayed them, too.
4: Oh, dear. Oh, dear what? Having second thoughts? Oh, come on, let us go. Arkady
13: has his orders.
9: You two, white hair and happy.
4: Charming!
5: You stand aside, both of you.
4: You can't just melt us!
5: Don't worry, Sarah. That's neither a melt gun nor a laser.
4: Then what is it?
5: Stum stun gun. Now you, Air Commodore.
9: <laughs> what about me? Your choice, melt gun, laser, McAuliffe.
13: I'm really very sorry.
1: going
3: sub basement three i must say i thought unit had just the one hq this was our first hq in fact but it was getting harder and harder to move men and munitions out of a car park in central london incognito so you
11: moved out to the suburbs but uh, kept this place on as a sort of pied de terre more as
3: a secure storage facility that's why we're bringing the box with the grid indeed mr kaleidoscope keep a tight hold of it we're making a deposit
1: all these rooms contain alien artefacts?
3: No, no, we store paperwork here too. Requisitions, depositions, chits of every colour. But there are weapons. Weapons, armour, all sorts. I them. say, you're having us all. Hardly, Sullivan. Sorry, sir.
1: Why have you brought us here?
3: In the surgeon-lieutenant's case, it's part of his induction. In your case, Miss Nettles, to prove a point. Which is? You've seen what happens when a conventional military agency gets its hands on this sort of thing. But unit is different. Whatever we find, we share or store in the best interests of all mankind.
1: I thought you were just the army.
3: Never fear. We're quite capable of resolute military action. When necessary. What about me? Have you brought
2: me here to store me?
3: In here, Mr. Kaleidoscope. This was the doctor's lab once. What the devil's that? What do you think it is, Sergeant Lieutenant? Well, a a sort of octagonal prism. It apparated on Hampstead Heath last week. The same night, Mr. Kaleidoscope arrived at the same location. I say, that's a coincidence. Perhaps.
1: How's it able to hover like that?
3: Blasted things unbreachable, unbreakable, unfathomable. It defeated my last scientific advisor, that's for sure. You want me to tell you what it is? Well, since all the RAF will tell me is that the doctor disappeared from Weatherton two days ago, and he's not come back... Can't say I blame him, by the way, given the charge that Hurley had on him. I find myself with a vacancy for a very special consultant.
1: You're recruiting Cal?
3: Purely on a temporary basis, you understand. Until the doctor returns... Well, Mr. Kaleidoscope, what do your voices say about that?
2: (laughs) They say... It is your
10: destiny. You must agree. You must accept, accept. Accept. Accept.
2: They say I must
3: accept. Excellent. Well then, welcome to UNIT, Mr. Kaleidoscope.
4: Sarah Jane, wake up. Oh, oh, why? Where are we?
5: A rather grand old mansion, by the looks of it. More to the point, it's six o'clock.
4: Oh, We were on the road. It was morning. Daphne Green and those bully boys of hers.
5: Yes, one of them had a palladium stun gun.
4: You mean a theatrical prop?
5: A stun gun made from palladium. One of the rarest metals in the world. Rarer than platinum.
4: Why would anyone make a stun gun out of this palladium stuff? Can't you guess? You mean, because it was made somewhere that palladium is commonplace? Quite. I'll tell you what else is odd. No guards. We've not even been tied up.
5: Let's open the curtain, shall we? See just where we are.
4: Good grief. Doctor, I don't think we're in the home counties anymore. Well,
5: I can see why they didn't bother with guards. Good. You're awake.
4: Who are you? Where are we?
5: Arctic wastes, a distant wolf's howl, and that Soviet handgun. Yes,
14: I think I can guess. Welcome to Siberia, Comrade Doctor.
2: mystery octagon we've tried lump hammers angle grinders tungsten carbide drills and gentle persuasion all that's left is this
1: a laser beam are you sure that's a good idea
2: cal maser beam no lasers strong enough on earth we've got to try everything jenny
1: well i hope you know what you're doing
2: so do i safety visor down and stand well back what stand well back I'm not an idiot. Oh, yes, I know. Um, okay, then um
1: um safety visor.
2: <laughs> safety visor down. Then he's standing well back and switch on. Come on laser. This is good.
3: I asked you to open that thing, not bring down the walls of Jericho. Look out (laughs) (coughs) above! Or the ceiling of Unit HQ, for that matter.
2: (coughs) Brigadier, you all right? (coughs)
3: Yes, (coughs) thank you, Miss Nettles. Incredible. Not so much as a scratch. No thanks to you. I meant the octagon. Good Lord. (coughs) Was that a mini-earthquake? No, Sergeant Lieutenant. Just my temporary scientific advisor tried to laser us all to oblivion, apparently.
2: MASER stands for Microwave Amplification by Stimulated Emission of Radiation.
3: Yes, well, I won't stand for it. <coughs> sure you don't need to inhale a spot of the old O2 in bay, sir? Oh, please don't fuss, Sullivan. Was there something you
1: wanted, Brigadier?
3: As a matter of fact, you in particular might be able to help me. Have you ever heard of a rock group called Quartz Chrysanthemum? Keith
1: Hazel's outfit? I thought they were over years ago.
3: Yes. Well, they're coming back, heaven help us. Now, here's the thing. Their lead singer claims to have spent the last three years on the astral plane. What? Like a, a, a private jet? Don't try and be funny, Sullivan. Sorry, sir.
2: The astral plane. That really is far out.
3: I sense that every day you're here, Kaleidoscope, I'm going to miss the Doctor just that little bit more. I wonder where he is now.
14: Welcome to Siberia, Comrade Doctor.
4: It's a trick. It must be. Just like that Golden Age mob with their phony spaceship.
14: Not weak, Comrade Smith.
4: Come off it. We were in England this morning.
14: No, you are not.
4: What?
5: I think what this fellow is telling us, a uh, colonel, if I read the decorations right. Colonel General Sokolov. I think what the colonel general
14: is telling us is that we were unconscious for quite some time. For more than two days. Forgive us. The calibration of his stun beam is still imperfect. Two days? Tell me, Comrade Smith. Are you hungry?
4: Famished. Oh, yes. Actually famished.
14: Then I would call that Q, E, and D. Don't worry. There will be food soon.
4: beetroot borscht and pickled turnips.
14: You have been reading too much Dostoevsky, Comrade Smith. You are my guests. You will dine with me on... uh, finer fare. Do you always kidnap
5: your dinner guests, Colonel General?
14: Oh, how can you say you have been kidnapped when you are free to leave at any time?
4: Right then, this way out, is it? Sarah! The main door
14: is at the end of the hall.
4: Thank you, I do have eyes. Free to go, let's see about that. Oh, 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 it's freezing!
14: It is 30 leagues due south to the nearest town. There you can catch the Trans-Siberian Railway all the way to Vladivostok.
5: That's if the wolves don't catch us first, I
14: suppose. They are such a nuisance. Comrade Smith, stay or go, but please close the doors. <laughs>
1: Great that you've invited me into your home, Mr. Hazel.
17: Call me Keith, babe. Just make sure you spell it right. Two E's.
1: Two E's? No I. I know. <laughs> Forgive me, Keith, but don't you have a lot of guards?
17: Guards, babe.
1: The guys in the leather gear who met me at the gate?
17: No, they're roadies, not security. Oh,
1: then why do they keep the visors on their crash helmets down all the time?
17: The Yes, those guys keep. Don't like, don't agree with them. Come on, babe. We can do the interview in here. Your studio? Yeah. The acoustics are to die for. Plus, everything's remote controlled.
1: Oh, even the door.
17: (laughs) The door, the curtains, the TVs, everything.
1: That must have cost a lot of money.
17: I'm a millionaire rock star, ain't I? i got to have toys, babe. Here it is. Mission control. What mission's that? We are going to the dark side of a rainbow. Somewhere over the moon. See? The door. And the curtains. And the TVs. Oh! <laughs> Don't need security, babe, when the old estate's covered in cameras.
1: Yes, I see that. Uh.
17: Who's the fella in the silver strides sneaking around a stable block, Jenny?
1: Uh, fan?
17: His camera's on the road too. We saw you drive up with him. We heard you saying, you keep me busy while he looked around.
1: He's my, um, photographer?
17: Yeah, you're the one with the camera, babe. Oh, look, my roadies are on the way. You're, uh... Photographer might be finding himself in a bit of trouble.
1: But I thought they weren't guards.
17: That's right. raiders. come here. On the
14: highway out of hell. Eight o'clock, we can't wait. Sit, comrades.
4: Sit where? Who's the fourth place for?
14: Doesn't matter, they're late. Wolves on the line? Grigor, wine for my friends
4: Not for me, thank you
14: Sarah, we're not supping with the devil
4: Are you sure about that?
13: Very sorry, couldn't be helped, got detained
4: At the border?
13: Don't be silly, sit everyone, sit
14: Grigor, serve the soup
13: Is it borscht? I so love borscht
14: Tomato in cans. We are not peasants.
13: Nothing to say to us, Mrs. Green? Yes, dear Sarah, of course. I preferred Comrade Smith. I apologize for the deception luring you away, but it had to be done.
14: Yes, we deserve to know why, don't you think? Everything will be explained. But first, soup. (laughs) Soup.
2: Kaleidoscope Kaleidoscope to Greyhound Leader. They've got me cornered in the stables. Whatever these roadies are, they're not human.
3: Are you sure?
2: I got the visor off one. There was nothing underneath.
3: What, nothing at all?
2: Just nothing.
3: Do you mean invisible? Like that fellow, Claude Rains?
2: Who? Who? Oh no! They're getting closer! They must know where I am! Brigadier, you've got to arrange a distraction at the gates!
3: What do you suggest? Performance by the Georgian state dancers?
2: Yes, yes, anything! Oh
3: no, oh yes! Oh no, oh yes, which is it?
2: (laughs) There aren't any horses in these stables, Greyhound leader. Only horse power. What?!
17: Meet my new back-in band, Jenny. Nang on volcanoes. Azov on earthquakes. Rask on storms. We are going on a world destruction tour.
1: They're demons!
17: Okay, if you want to be square about it, properly, they are extra dimensional entities from parallel universe 667.
1: 667? Six, six, One nastier.
17: But I've got sympathy for the devil, alright.
14: Grigor, clear the balls.
4: Please, Colonel General, you've kept us waiting long enough.
14: Mm. You have heard of the Tunguska incident, of course. Yes. A 12-megaton aerial blast that flattened
5: 80 million trees somewhere in this vicinity in 1908.
4: It was a UFO, I suppose. It wasn't. Was it?
14: In the wake of the incident, the owner of this house formed what he called the Tunguska Society. To analyze and explore the causes of the event. The extraterrestrial hypothesis remained unproved, but... The evidence he gathered formed the kernel of a great collection. It only came to light when his estate was requisitioned as a gulag. Well, what exactly did this collection consist of?
4: Anything that fell from the sky?
14: Obviously. After the revolution, the society became the Tunguska Committee. One of its members was a man named Comrade Taina. They say he didn't age a day between the times of Lenin and Khrushchev. Hence the name.
4: Do you know him?
14: I'm not
5: sure. But Taina means mystery in Russian. Yes. I think I'm getting the measure of the man. Tell me. Does he have a goatee beard, a piercing gaze, and a magnetic
14: disposition? I don't know. There were no portraits or photographs. Officially, he never existed.
13: He died then? In
14: an explosion in an underground atomic facility in Tashkent 16 years ago.
4: Well, what was all that about?
14: I can't say. Anyone who claimed that Operations Underground had awoken a genus of intelligent dragon people laying dormant. And that the facility was destroyed in order to seal the monsters in, was sent for rehabilitation. But you can't say for sure. I know what's good for me, comrade.
4: So what happened next?
14: The committee was disbanded, but its collection remained sealed away here in Siberia until I rediscovered it. And its single Greatest asset. What is that? You know it already. It is codenamed Kaleidoscope.
4: Kaleidoscope is a person. You know he's more than that. Colonel General, you called Kaleidoscope an asset. In the intelligence business that means an agent or informant.
5: In common parlance, a spy. The perfect spy.
14: What is funny is he has no idea.
4: No one's laughing.
14: I'll show you after the main course. Grigor, Wolf (laughs) Stroganov.
4: Oh, you've got to be kidding!
1: Why are your demons drooling like that?
17: Even extra-dimensional entities get the munchies, babes. And you are tasty. I warn you, I'll scream. No oh, use, babes. Soundproofing an ear state-of-the-art. Here, mm-hmm. yeah, what's that? Nang said he can hear something.
1: So much for your soundproofing.
17: Something outside. <laughs>
2: Silver machine! Get on the back of the bike, Jenny! You're riding pillion out of this madhouse!
14: Follow me, comrades.
13: This is such a privilege, Colonel General. I know so little about the work you do here. I thought you were his asset. No, I'm in a different division. I was already stationed at the airbase, spying on Minerva, when you and Kaleidoscope showed up with young Alistair's outfit... The Colonel General was intrigued to learn of our former... ...association.
14: Well, weren't we all, madam? In here.
5: So this is where you keep your staff?
4: What are they all doing?
14: Reviewing and transcribing video recordings. Everything Codney Kaleidoscope sees and hears. But
4: how are they doing that?
14: Because
5: Kaleidoscope is more than a messiah. He's a living, alien machine.
4: But the Brigadier ran tests. He's flesh and blood.
14: All matter is programmable. He doesn't need to be a robot. Robot. is Slavic word. Comrade Taina instead classified kaleidoscope as what we call a Dalekaya Idalikaya Dalekaya Vesh.
4: He's a Dalek machine.
14: No,
5: no, no. You see, in Russian, Dalekaya Idalikaya Dalekaya Vesh translates as far and distant thing
13: sounds more like serbo croat
5: No, it's Russian, I assure you.
14: Uh, Do go on, Colonel General. Thank you. This kaleidoscope person first apparated out of the air in Leningrad some 20 years ago. Taina quickly determined that he, or rather it, was an extraterrestrial prop, an artificial being. Sent. ...to gather information on humankind. Yes, but from where and by whom? I don't know. It is of no interest. How he, it, functions, is. Because if one tunes a specially adapted etheric aerial... ...into the psychic frequency of his brain... ...one can see what he sees. Hear what he hears. And so, television...
4: Come on, that's impossible.
14: Don't be so sure.
5: The CIA in America have been trying to develop what they call remote viewing for years. What do
13: you suggest? He's talking to Alistair.
14: What on
5: earth are we watching?
14: Lieutenant Kuznetsova. Please explain.
1: Sir, UNIT has been investigating a group called the Quartz Chrysanthemum.
14: Well, what's that got to do with anything? It has been two and a half days... Your Brigadier Lethbridge-Stewart could not be without a special scientific advisor. Doctor,
13: you've been replaced. I've been what? Alistair says it's temporary. He's so loyal. But soon he'll realize you've gone for good. Indeed.
14: My plan has exceeded all expectations i hoped merely to see inside unit hq by delivering them a tame extraterrestrial entity instead i have achieved total infiltration
1: keep hazel's
13: outfit I thought that Look, were that's you. Jenny Mettles yes. I'm afraid you've been replaced too, Miss Smith But with her
14: And Kaleidoscope has no idea you're using him like this, Colonel General? None whatsoever The voices he says he hears are my operatives giving him orders We simply play the activation signal And he's ours to control.
4: He thinks he came to Earth in the name of peace. Uh, if there's one
13: thing they're good at here, it's brainwashing.
14: His character was carefully constructed to appeal to all your prejudices. His appearance, too. A glamorous rock singer. Like David Stardust.
13: Hence the silver trousers. <laughs>
2: So if a particular guitar rift could open the door to the dark dimension, if you played the same riff backwards...
11: The door would shut, I suppose.
2: Oh, Harry, you're
1: such an idiot. Am I? All the monsters got pulled back to the place they came from, with Keith Hazel.
3: One might even say that Young Kaleidoscope reversed the tonality of the music flow. Yes, I I, I guess. Reversed the tonality.
1: <laughs> I don't get it.
3: No? No, well, there no reason why you should, I suppose. Never mind, can't be helped. Um, what's the verdict, Sullivan? Uh, no sign
11: of perforation of the eardrums. The ringing in the ears should wear off soon. Must have been quite a racket.
2: Yes, I had to crank the amps one louder.
11: Well, come straight
3: back to sickbay if it's not gone in a day or two. Splendid. Well, I shall leave you to write your report, Kaleidoscope. M- my what? This isn't some fly-by-night outfit, you know. I expect everything you do to be written up and filed away for future reference. I bet the doctor didn't have to write reports. Never you mind what the doctor did or didn't do. That's how we do things now.
5: It's almost as if Lethbridge Stewart couldn't wait to be
11: rid of me.
4: Oh, come on, I can't think that's true.
11: Just one thing's bothering me, though. What's that, Sullivan? It's nothing really, but... Well, I just wondered where Kaleidoscope here learned to play the guitar like that.
2: You mean that riff? Well, that's
5: obvious. It's because his artificial brain records everything. Quiet.
1: He's right. Jimi Hendrix himself would have found it hard enough to play that the right way round, let alone
2: backwards. Jimmy, who? You're right. Sometimes it's like I soak things up without even noticing.
5: Yes, because he's a machine.
1: Like the mazer bit. You'd never even heard of it before you picked up that new scientist.
3: No, you're right. Which new scientist? It's a magazine. The doctor had a weekly subscription.
11: Oh,
5: right. And not like tidbits, then. Good grief. Who is this Sullivan fellow?
14: Unit's new MR.
5: Well, whoever he is, he's an imbecile.
4: That's hardly fair. He did think to ask the question.
5: Uh, yes, yes, I suppose he did. Still,
3: the answer's staring him in the face. He's a machine, you fool! Maybe you ought to consider another round of tests. Tests, sir? Huh? On the memory centers of Kaleidoscope's brain.
2: Not the electroencephalograph again.
3: Yes, the jolly old electroencephalograph, I'm afraid. If your memory's so good, that report won't give you any trouble, will it? I guess not.
2: Bad
1: luck, Cal. Carry on, all. From here they are just writing reports. It is very dull.
14: Carry on, Lieutenant.
4: What about Cal's psychic powers? The Urigela stuff?
5: I dare say wherever he comes from, telekinesis is standard.
4: What? As every day is turning a dawn?
14: An interesting hypothesis, Doctor. You must note it down in the files. I must what? This isn't some flies-by-night outfit either. You will have to learn new methods working for us. I beg your pardon, sir?
13: Oh Doctor, isn't it obvious? That's why my handlers told me to help the Colonel-General and bring you here.
14: As Comrade Tyena's replacement, our new scientific advisor.
5: Me?
3: Ah, Sir Major Roach. I want to convene all departments for a full debrief with that chrysanthemum business. Debrief, sir? Debrief, Sir Major. There are going to be some changes around here, starting today. Everything's been getting a bit slipshod. A bit shoddy. A bit frilly-shirted. You what, like? You what, like, sir? There'll be no more letting it all hang out round here. No more captains with collar-length haircuts. Write it down. Regulation barbering from now on. Regulation barbering. Very good, sir. And from now on, every telephone to be answered within five seconds. Five seconds. Oh, don't write it down. Answer the thing. Oh, right. <coughs> Brigadier's office? Yes, proper debriefs, proper reports. Dress codes for civilian associates. Miss Smith,
9: I He wants to speak to her Uncle Alistair. What's that about Miss Smith? Yeah. Switchboard's got the editor of Metropolitan Magazine on the line. He says it's awful urgent. He wants to speak to Miss Smith's Uncle Alistair.
14: Now do you see? I have been charged with assembling an unit equivalent here on the other side of your iron curtain. You can't just create your own United Soviet
5: Socialist Intelligence Task Force.
4: <laughs> Use it. It even sounds
13: stupid. Oh, SSRG, dear. Objedinenia, sovetskia, socialisticheska... Razvedi Telnya, Grappa Did I
14: say that right? Near enough I have the Tunguska Committee's collection of extraterrestrial findings secured in the cellars I have Comrade Taina's records I have an agent embedded in Lethbridge Stewart's organization And now I have you, Doctor
5: Well, I shall have to consider your offer, shan't I? Doctor,
4: you can't be serious Comrade
14: General Might I have a word with my assistant in private?
4: Assistant? Now you just listen a moment. I'm nobody's assistant.
14: Privacy is a western concept, one you would do well to forget, but still. Thank you. Come on, Comrade Smithovna.
13: Be careful with those two, Colonel General.
4: All right, what's the plan?
5: Did you not see the snowmobiles parked outside the front door?
4: Yes, but you heard what Sokolov said. It's 30 leagues due south to the nearest town. I heard. Those things will not get a third of the way, even on a full tank of petrol. I heard. Then there's the wolves. I can't think they'll like people very much, given the Colonel General's appetite. I'm not
5: planning on visiting the nearest town. I'm planning on driving into a crevasse.
4: Oh, I think I preferred the first idea.
5: Think about it. Why was Mrs. Green late for dinner?
4: How should I know?
5: There's another way into and out of here. I'm sure of it. A quick route.
4: Like what? A helicopter? I don't know. So we're going to fake our own deaths, then sneak back here later, on a hunch?
5: Of course not. It's sub-zero out there. You won't last ten minutes without all the right gear. I, on the other hand... Oh, no you don't. I'll be back. Dos Danya, Sarah Jane.
4: This is Madness. Doctor.
5: Keys in the ignition? You must be very sure of yourself, my friend. Still, it doesn't do to look a gift horse in the mouth. Even if it is on
14: skis.
13: What's all the commotion?
4: See for yourself.
14: Idiot. He'll get himself killed.
12: Lieutenant!
4: Comrade General, sir.
12: Call the guardhouse. The doctor has stolen an aeroslide. Sir! Uh, Tell him, try not to shoot him through the vital organs. Sir!
4: I thought there weren't any guards. Not
14: here, on a bridge. What bridge? Oh, did I neglect to tell you everything?
13: We're on an island, Miss Smith.
5: I thought there were no guards. Soklav was lying. I, I can't... Halt! Wolves on my tail! Valky! Wolves! What are you playing at, you fools? Th- thats quite enough of that, ladies. Sit... Sit... When do you stop that? You hit me! Or worse, the petrol tank!
12: Idiots.
13: What was that? I'm no expert, but it sounded like a snowmobile exploding.
1: No, it couldn't be. Comrade General, I have the guardhouse on the radio.
9: Give
14: it. The
9: target dismounted, Colonel General. He's headed back to the house.
14: Then we'll be waiting. Sokolov out.
13: He's alive,
9: then.
14: So long as he can keep ahead of the wolves. Lieutenant, fetch my hunting rifle. Sir.
4: But the doctor.
14: Never mind the doctor. I'm thinking about tomorrow night's
4: stroganoff. You really are a piece of work, aren't you?
14: Comrade Green, take your compatriot into the cellars. Everything is ready.
4: Ready for what? You, dear.
2: <laughs> if you want to be a square about it, he said, properly, they're extra dimensional entities from parallel universe 667. Got that, Jenny? I
1: have. Have you?
2: What do you mean? Watch
1: the keys, memory man. If you can master the electric guitar, you can master the QWERTY keyboard. Then I won't have to risk my nails typing your reports.
3: Ah, reports in progress. Jolly good. Something the matter, Brigadier? You've got a frown on. I'm just curious, really. You've not heard from Miss Smith in the last couple of days, either of you?
1: Not since that scene in your office.
3: Mm, Pity. I've had her editor on the phone. It seems she's gone AWOL. What? Missing?
1: Like the doctor.
3: Yes, exactly like the doctor. Move, doctor. Yes. You
5: fellows have a bad record when it comes to the basements of Grand Siberian Houses. Uh, uh, Doctor! I see I was right to be concerned. Why's Miss Smith been chained
4: to the wall? Oh, Never mind that. Are you all right?
14: Uh, My cape's been mauled, but uh, I'll survive. Mrs. Green... Lift the drape from the table. As you say. What are they?
4: Take a wild guess.
14: These are uncatalogued items from the committee collection. Your first task as my chief scientific advisor doctor will be to identify their function and purpose. Miss Smith shall assist you. Sarah's already told you. She's not my assistant.
4: I'm not stupid. I can guess what kind of assistance he has in mind. What do you mean? The assistance of a guinea pig.
14: Comrade Green, pick up the first item. The jewel, the tube. Me? You will do as I
12: tell you. Very
13: well.
14: I fancy it to be some sort of weapon. What do you say, Doctor, it looks like nothing I've seen before in my life. Trial and error it is, then. Comrade Green. point the item at Miss Smith's head.
13: I'd really rather not.
14: On the underside, there is an indentation. Maybe a trigger.
4: Please, Colonel General, I don't think you've got a choice.
14: Exactly. Fire. Now!
4: (laughs) Love. Doctor, doctor, it's all right. Nothing's happening. Nothing? It's making my skin prickle, that's all.
14: Switch it off. Not a weapon, then. Scanning device, perhaps.
4: Well, that's a relief.
14: <laughs> Miss Smith is relieved when there are five more devices on the table. But she can pick the next one. I have no objection.
5: You must be joking.
14: The doctor, then.
5: I won't play Russian roulette with Sarah's
14: life. Neither I, nor Mrs. Green, nor Miss Smith knows how many of these devices are loaded or if they are loaded at all. It is much more interesting than roulette.
4: This isn't roulette. This is poker. Doctor, he's bluffing.
14: I don't think so.
4: But he is! Mrs. Green, why did the Colonel General order you to kidnap me? I... just do as I'm told, dear. You had a plan to kidnap the Doctor already. Why take the added risk of luring me away, so you could use me as a hostage?
14: If someone doesn't pick another device, I will.
4: I'll call your bluff, comrade. The blue one. What? The blue gun thing. First from the right. Go ahead, Mrs. Green. If you're sure, dear. Quite uh, sure.
14: Miss Smith must have tartar blood. Fire. I'm
13: not sure which end to point. This one... This one. No! Stop!
5: I mean it. Stop. Doctor? That's an invasion gun. It turns its targets inside out.
14: Literally? Literally. That would be a sight to see. Give it to me, Mrs. Green. Please. Who knows when I'll get the chance to use it.
4: You weren't bluffing.
14: Your life means nothing to me, Miss Smith. I can always find another hostage if I have to. The woods are full of peasant girls. How many deaths will it take before I break your will, Doctor? Two? Five? Ten? Twenty? All right, all right. I'll make a deal with you. I wasn't
5: bargaining. Give me a month to catalogue your complete collection. Everything I know about everything you've got. But after a month, Sarah Jane must be freed. But
4: what about you, Doctor?
5: Sokolov's no fool. He knows I know he'll never let me go. True. But I dare say his superiors will want some quick results. What do you think, Mrs. Green?
13: I wouldn't like to say.
5: Exactly. One month and Miss Smith will be freed. Do we have a deal, Comrade General?
14: I concur.
4: Doctor, you can't!
14: He hasn't. We need to shake on it first. Like gentlemen. Doctor? Like gentlemen. Colonel General.
3: Anybody in?
1: Why would anyone be in that police box?
3: Always worth checking the obvious, Miss Nettles.
2: There's no one in there, Brigadier. You're sure? The box is as worried as you are.
3: Oh, good Lord. Look, it can't be a coincidence that the Doctor and Miss Smith both disappeared the same morning.
1: Perhaps they've run away together. What? Between
3: <laughs> ridiculous suggestion brigadier sir what can i do for you roach call from captain usquith at the airbase oh yes
9: he went down there like you said couldn't locate your mrs green none of the peace women have seen her since the day before yesterday like
2: that's the same day sarah jane disappeared and the doctor and
3: him yes Mrs. Green's vanished too?
9: Aye, no, but that's not the half of it. The say Mrs. Green vanished after Hurley left with the doctor in the prison van. Where's Hurley now? Yeah, the women
3: say he never went back. He's missing too. That's four people gone. Somebody's hiding something. I can smell it. Time I put some serious stick about. Carry on, Sir Major. It was just one more thing, sir. I've been thinking about what Miss
9: Smith said that morning, just before she saw Miss Nettles there and went bananas.
1: Don't look at me.
3: Sorry, miss. she, She said she'd had a call. A call? Aye. And that's why she needed to see the Brigadier Urgent, like... She said she needed to see me about the doctor. I didn't imagine it was something specific. With me, Sergeant Major!
2: Whoever called Sarah Jane, they must have called her at home. I suppose. They might be the key to this whole mystery. But I guess we'll never find out who it was. What if we could? Jenny...
1: Nothing. I'll be back soon. Where
2: are you going? What about this report?
5: That's not a vault. It's a bunker.
14: True. The walls are lined with lead. Comrade Taina's collection must be protected.
4: I can't see the end.
14: It extends two hundred meters with many shelves.
13: You'll have a busy month, Doctor. Then I'd better get started.
14: You can begin on the general artifacts. The items, already identified as weapons, are held in a further sub-basement with restricted access.
13: So you can't get the melt guns out? How did they find out they work, then? I'm sure they tried them out on inanimate objects first. Like your two CV, for instance. You melted my car!
14: And the prison, then. And Air Commodore Hurley.
13: He chose a bullet, as a matter of fact.
14: You melted him afterwards. Don't split hairs.
1: Why? So you'd all vanish without trace. Why else? Colonel General, you are needed in the psychic viewing chamber. There has been a development at Unit
14: HQ. What development?
1: Brigadier Stewart is looking for Mrs. Green. He thinks she has vanished.
13: Dear Alistair. I'll have to pop back and assure him otherwise. Pop
12: back? You have duties to perform, Doctor. I suggest you get started.
3: Look here, Under-Secretary. I don't care if the Minister's in a Cabinet meeting. I don't care if he's joined the magic circle. That is important. It's not about a round of golf, man. There's been a cover-up. And if he won't speak to me, I'll send a journalist onto him.
4: The way she was talking, it was like she was dropping round to the shops.
5: Yes, and that's not the half of it. It's nearly ten o'clock here. It must be mid-afternoon in England.
4: I think you're right. There is a quick way in and out of here.
5: Very possibly.
4: Look, whatever it is you're trying to find in these filing cabinets, can I help?
5: Can you read the Cyrillic alphabet?
4: Can you? Well,
5: one hates to blow
3: one's own truba.
4: Oh, I should have known.
3: Well, thank you, Minister. If unit had been let in on the secret 60 hours ago, we might have stood a chance of locating the missing persons. Thanks to you, we've all the hope of a furball in Hades. So what's occurring, if you don't mind me asking, sir? Our sources are correct. A.C. Hurley is AWOL too. Only they didn't want anyone to know, for security reasons. Like Miss Smith and Mrs. Green and the doctor? Well, we're just going to have to find them ourselves. First thing in the morning, we're headed back to Weatherton. To reenact everything that happened two days ago to the microsecond. Asha, right.
9: four people can kind of just vanish without leaving
3: a trace. Come there.
2: Reversed. etonality. tonality.
11: You ready for another go on the old magic hairdryer?
2: You mean the electroencephalograph? I'm afraid so.
1: Cal, I have to talk to you. Jenny, where have
2: you been? I.
1: Oh, Harry, um, could you give Cal and I five minutes in private?
11: Um, five minutes, no more. The C.O. was most insistent, and as just the M.O., I can hardly tell him N.O. Now, can I?
2: What is it, Jenny? You look flustered.
1: I drove to Sarah Jane's and back to fetch this. It's called a cassette recorder.
2: Oh, right. Did she give you a key?
1: Well, not Sarah Jane's exactly. Just outside.
2: I don't understand.
1: Oh, Cal. I've done something terrible.
14: There is nothing to be concerned about. Brigadier Stewart is right. The trail has gone cold.
13: It wouldn't do to underestimate Alistair. He'll be suspicious.
14: Then it will be your duty to allay any such suspicions. Or maybe your pleasure. Hmm?
13: I'll be back as soon as is prudent.
1: Colonel General, please, you should see this.
2: What is it, Jenny? What did you do?
1: It all started when all of London got evacuated. The government said there'd been a gas attack, but everyone knew there was more to it than that giant monsters roaming the streets. Suddenly there was a big surge in interest in the weird stuff. UFOs and the supernatural.
12: What is this about? This conversation is happening now, Comrade General. Oh, that silly girl. She's not important.
1: Please, listen. They told me they wanted a new slot on the program. All the Arthur C. Clarke stuff, but down to earth. Giant maggots in Wales, devil worship in Mamacit. I knew that there was this woman who specialized in that sort of thing. A freelance journalist. Someone well-connected, someone with high-level contacts.
2: Sarah Jane...
1: There was a sound engineer at work who liked me. I asked him to put a tap on Sarah's phone. Whenever it rang, her conversation got taped onto a recorder hidden in a box outside the building. That's how I found out about Unit and the Doctor.
2: Now I get it.
1: I started watching Sarah's flat. One night I followed her and the Doctor and Unit to the middle of Hampstead
2: Heath. That's when I stumbled onto you. So it wasn't by chance that we met?
12: That is why Unit didn't find Kaleidoscope first when they were supposed to. The Nittles woman got in the way. She's out of the work. I need to hear clearing.
5: Now, this is fascinating.
4: Yes, but is it useful?
5: These are Comrade Taina's files and kaleidoscope. Here's a photo of what they found beside him when he first appeared in that Leningrad park. Recognise it?
4: That's the octagon thing we found on Hampstead Heath. The night that kaleidoscope first appeared.
5: Precisely.
4: I don't get it. It's too small to fit anyone inside.
5: Closed up, perhaps. But according to Tyena's note, if one operates the key, it can be made to open up like a flower.
4: So, what is it?
5: The real kaleidoscope. The entrance to a space-time tunnel.
4: Hal,
1: I'm sorry. I whisked you away before Sarah could get her claws in, so I could have an exclusive at last.
2: You know who called Sarah Jane the day she disappeared, don't you?
1: Here for yourself. You've been transferred later this
13: morning, apparently.
2: Daphne Green? Where, where oh, yes.
12: Stupid woman.
3: Her cover's blown. All ready to move out at all 500 hours shop, sir. Right early starts, I may, jump. Brigadier's office? Hello. Is Alistair there, by any chance? Ah, oh, right. Uh, That wouldn't be Uncle Alistair, you'd be wanting? Give me that. Now, look here. I don't know who else might have got hold of this number, but if it's some journalist wasting my time, you'll be sorry.
13: I'm not a journalist, and I wouldn't dream of wasting your time, Alistair.
3: Daphne, uh, uh, Mrs Green, where the devil have you been?
13: Oh, around and about. I heard you'd sent a Captain Asquith to the camp, wondering where I was.
3: Well, yes, as a matter of fact, I... Uh, I have to
13: say, I'm disappointed. If you'd wanted to invite me to dinner, I'd have thought you'd have popped by yourself.
3: Good God, though. No. I, I mean, uh, uh, of course not. I, I mean, uh, that um, wasn't the reason. <laughs>
13: I can't even see you, and I can tell you're blushing. I thought you'd want
1: to know if Pearlie was up to something hush-hush. Only then she told Sarah not to say anything. Why would she do that? Why did she disappear straight away?
2: I don't know. We've got to tell the brigadier.
1: Telephone tapping's a crime. I could go to prison.
2: Come on. It won't come to that.
1: Cal, I'm scared. Now he is consoling her. Now he is kissing her. Ah uh, uh, now she is kissing him back. Ah,
12: this is bad. Green will have made contact with Brigadier Stewart by now. When he hears that tape, she'll be exposed. The whole scheme will unravel!
1: They're still kissing. Quiet!
12: Open a psychic link to Kaleidoscope, so I can give him instructions.
1: Transmitting activation signal. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that
2: to happen. No, no, it was nice. I hear music, Jenny. Softy. Now, now there's a voice.
14: Kaleidoscope, listen to me. Jenny Nettles, the wicked woman, the traitor who means you harm.
2: No, she's my friend. I like her.
14: Evil, pure evil. You must do what must be done. Pick up the Mason. The maids have you left
12: on the bench. Right there, by your fingers.
1: Cal? What are you doing with that?
2: The voice. It's telling me you're evil, Jenny.
1: Cal, that's not funny. I'd do anything to make it right.
2: It's telling me to destroy you. What? Run, Jenny. I can't stop myself. Please, just run.
11: Right, old chap, you've had more than your five minutes. I say, what the devil's going on?
1: Harry, something's happened to him.
3: Jenny, you all right? What's wrong with you, Cal?
2: Please, you have to stop
3: me! So you've no idea where the Doctor and Hurley and Miss Smith might be?
13: Well, why don't we put our heads together? See if we can't work it out in person.
3: In person? Uh, uh, Mrs Green, you ought to know that... uh, What on earth? Something's occurring in the lab, sir. So get down there, Roach! Alistair? Uh, Very sorry, Um, I'll call you back. What's
14: happened?
12: Is Kaleidoscope
14: dead?
1: The psychic link is broken, that is all I can say.
14: So, fetch my scientific advisor. Miss Nettles? Jenny?
9: She's
11: not dead, is she, sir? No, but well and truly KO'd. Better get a stretcher party, take her to sickbay. Sir! Heaven's alive! Did an experiment go wrong? I'm afraid not, sir. When I arrived, Kaleidoscope here had gone completely lally, waving that maser around like it was a water pistol, saying he was going to destroy Miss Nettles, and that he couldn't stop himself. Great Scott. Just started blasting away left, right and centre. I stepped forward, hoping to get him in a bear hug so he couldn't blast me, you see, when he just, I don't know, conked out. Is that a medical term, Salvan? It's the only one that fits. I don't think he's dead, he's just, well, stopped And here's the thing, his pupils have shrunk to a white dot Like when there's no more telly at night,
3: look Curious, very curious What do you recommend, Sergeant Lieutenant? Transfer back to Pompey Barracks, sir
11: This place is a madhouse
2: Please, you have to stop me
14: Turn that off. Well, Doctor? Well, the psychic link's broken.
4: He's conked out, hasn't he?
14: I'm talking to my scientific advisor. Kaleidoscope's mind is adaptive, reactive. He soaks
5: up knowledge, phrases, slang. Is it so surprising that he should pick up other
14: human traits and tendencies too? What traits and tendencies?
4: You saw him and Jenny going at it like teenagers in the back row of the Roxy. Um, Yes, uh, well, quite.
5: Then you, Colonel General, ordered him to eliminate his sweetheart. No wonder he blew a mental fuse. So, what do you recommend, Doctor? That you abandon this failed operation forthwith. Kaleidoscope's beyond your
14: reach now. Very well. I accept your recommendation. You do? Ah. I see Comrade Grin has returned. By
5: the space-time tunnel installed along the corridor,
14: I suppose. You know about that?
13: You left us with Tainar's files. Colonel General, something serious has happened at Unit HQ.
14: Yes, we know all about it. My scientific advisor has recommended that the Kaleidoscope project must be terminated. So, I am giving you a new mission. What's that? You will trick Brigadier Stewart into taking an implosive device into Unit HQ. Hidden in a briefcase, I think. No! Kaleidoscope, Miss Nettles, her tape, the Brigadier, all of Unit, in fact, will be sucked out of existence. But
4: that's monstrous! You can't do that!
14: If I can't have Kaleidoscope, neither can you. That is the do comrade.
3: Thank you, Sar Major. I'll see you back at HQ, bright early start, remember? But what are we doing in Hampstead, sir? Never you mind, Roach. And who are them flowers for? I thought you were going warm, like... Carry on, Sir Major.
13: <laughs> Alistair! Always punctual.
3: Some things never change.
13: Are those for me?
3: Just a few croissants.
13: Not quartz ones, I hope.
3: No. I say, how did you. I'll uh, put
13: them in water. Come through, come through.
3: You don't actually live at the peace camp, then?
13: Well, I'm hardly ever here.
3: Hence all the. Uh, all the dust.
13: Bit Spartan, I know. Just a pied-a-terre, really. I poured you a scotch.
3: Mm, quite a large one. Um, you uh, don't happen to have any uh, tonic, do you? Tonic? Or ginger, even?
13: I'm not sure.
3: Well, la. Uh, uh, could you uh, could you take a look?
4: Yes, yes, of course. Hard to imagine the brigadiers at the other end of that tunnel right now.
14: He'll never fall for it, Sokolov. He arranged to meet her at her flat, didn't he? True, but... Don't worry. Mrs. Green has taken a certain precaution, just in case. What was it you wanted, comrade? I've had an idea. An alternative stratagem. As I understand
5: it, kaleidoscope and the tunnel he came in are linked.
14: He operates it. Subject to our commands.
5: Yes, well, it strikes me that if he can reset the tunnel... Then the converse might be true. The tunnel can be used to reset him.
14: You said it yourself. Kaleidoscope has changed physically.
3: So how will that work?
4: We don't know, but it's got to be worth a try.
13: No tonic anywhere, I'm afraid.
3: Oh, never mind. Just put a splash of water in the next one.
13: You were uh, down that quickly. I'll top you up, shall I?
3: Hmm. Not having one yourself old times I should shouldn't I
13: Alistair you're pointing a gun at me yes it was the quartz-cresants thing wasn't it I hoped I'd got away with that
3: actually the Makarov semi-automatic I found in your handbag whilst you were in the kitchen that was the clincher ah something wasn't right about your comings and goings Daphne So I put in some calls to a few old chums from the regiment. Turns out there were a few unanswered questions about the manner of Johnny's death. Nothing anyone could prove. This is a Soviet safe house, isn't it? How long exactly have you been a spy?
13: When I was first assigned to Johnny, I thought it'd be so much fun. The glamorous young army wife, sundowners on the veranda, stealing secret files on the side... Oh, Alistair, it was dull. I hoped you'd liven things up a bit, but...
3: Yes, well, you were married.
13: I just had to get out. But my handlers insisted I had to keep going. So, suffice it to say, I arranged Johnny's accident. I thought that'd be the end of it, that I'd get moved on to something else, someone less boring. But the Soviets had questions about my husband's death, too.
3: I imagined they weren't best pleased.
13: It was all low-level stuff from then on. Twenty years of drop-offs and pick-ups and watching fences through binoculars. I was supposed to find new recruits at the Weatherton camp, but none of them wanted to know... Turns out the women there were all quite sincere about the peace thing.
3: Fancy that.
13: Then you and the Doctor and Kaleidoscope came along, and I saw my chance to get back into the party's good books.
3: So you did have something to do with the Doctor going AWOL. And Miss Smith. And A.C. Hurley.
13: Everything. How are you feeling, Alistair? The drug in the Scotch should have got there by now.
3: Drug? Drug? Now you come to mention it, I do feel rather odd.
13: It's an old KGB concoction. Makes you open to suggestion. Makes you do everything I say. Put the gun on the coffee table, Alistair. There. What's going to happen now is this I'm going to give you a very special briefcase. And while I go back to Siberia. What? Oh, There's a space-time tunnel in the bedroom. Don't worry about it. While I do that, you're going to take the briefcase back to Unit HQ and open it. Forty-five seconds later, the device inside will have armed itself and... Well, let's not dwell on that, shall we?
14: All right, Sokolov, I'll make you an offer. <laughs> Bargaining again?
5: you remember the police box in the unit lab. Incredible as it may seem, it's actually a space and time machine. My TARDIS.
4: It's bigger inside than out, too.
5: Let's not overload the Comrade General, Sarah. Destroy unit HQ and you destroy a
14: machine that could be very useful to you. Even if it were true, what would I do with a time machine? We are building Utopia now. The future is fixed. Who cares about the past?
4: Doctor, you weren't seriously going to give him the TARDIS.
14: I've seriously had my fingers crossed. Comrade Green, was your mission successful?
13: He's taken the briefcase. He's on his way. No! It's a shame. He was such a charming young man.
14: Before he became an imperialist lepton.
3: Imperialist I may be.
13: Brigadier!
3: I'm no one's pet.
13: I don't understand.
3: Don't move a muscle, Daphne. Not unless you want Ivan here to take a bullet through the heart.
4: Welcome to Siberia, Brigadier.
3: Yes. Terribly good of you to pop in. I thought you might need rescuing, Doctor. The drug! Damn it, Daphne. Do you really think I'd take a drink on duty? No. I tipped the glass into a plant pot whilst you were looking for tonic. Brigadier Stuart...
14: My name is Colonel General Sokolov. I thought we would never meet. In another life, we might have been brothers. I doubt that very much. But we are where we
4: are. Oh, oh, get your weapon! Oh, 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 oh. <sighs> oh, oh, uh, get, get off me! Well, I shall turn your associate Miss uh, Smith, inside um, out! Uh, all right, there's no need for the rough stuff.
13: Inside out? <laughs> it's an inversion gun, apparently.
5: You know... Colonel General, many years ago, I made the acquaintance of a countryman of yours. One of the greatest writers who ever lived, in fact. A fellow named Anton Chekhov. (laughs) More tall stories, Comrade Doctor? One must never place a loaded gun on the stage if it isn't going to go off at the end, he said. Or something very like it. I have to confess... I hung a pistol on your wall some time ago. How so? When I told Mrs. Green to put the inversion gun down, it wasn't just to save Sarah. It was because I knew she was holding it back to front. And she was about to destroy herself.
4: What? Really?
12: <laughs> the doctor is playing poker, Miss Smith. But it is time to call his bluff!
10: Right. Right. Ah!
4: Oh, oh, you weren't playing poker. Oh.
3: No. I think someone had better pick that thing up. Not you, Daphne.
1: Comrade General, there was a strange noise. Comrade General?
3: Yes. they are about to step in him. Oh! Now, listen to me, Lieutenant. I'm about to set off this briefcase bomb. So you run along right now. You tell your comrades to evacuate this dacha, or whatever it is. I said now!
1: okay. Okay.
3: Lethbridge Stewart? What are you doing? Thought it was only British to give the babushka and our friends half a chance. No. Why are you setting that bomb? So they can't follow us back to England. Obviously. There. Not unlike that Minerva tech. Forty-five seconds, you said, Daphne?
13: I'm not coming. Well, then I suggest you start running. I'm not running either. What? If I go with you, they'll send me to prison. If I stay here, it's the salt flats.
16: Or
4: worse, I make that 20 seconds, Brigadier.
3: Into the tunnel, Sarah. Damn it, Daphne. You're coming. Even if I have to knock you out and drag you.
5: She's made her choice, Lethbridge-Stewart. We are leaving. Even if I have to knock you out. Don't you dare try any of your Venusian ooze on me. Sorry about that, old chap. Dania,
14: Mrs. Green.
13: Dozvidaniya, Doctor. And dozvidaniya, Alistair.
4: So, if the tunnel entrance was in Siberia... And the exit was in the Hampstead safe house.
3: What was this octagon doing on the heath?
5: Think about it. A lidoscope here had been kept in a lead-lined vault for a couple of decades before Sokolov reprogrammed him and set him loose on the heath for us to find.
2: So, what do we conclude from that? Whoever sent me to Earth in the first place would have lost my psychic trace all the time I was locked away in Siberia. Exactly. Exactly. Glad to see your
5: faculties haven't been impaired since you woke up, Mr. Kaleidoscope. Still not sure I follow.
4: His makers couldn't get a fix on him until he was out in the open.
5: They must have imagined that the tunnel was damaged, so they sent a replacement. Okay, so how do I activate it? With the same activation signal that opens up your psychic pathways, I presume? The music.
10: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: So what's through there?
5: The people who sent him. If people they are.
2: I can hear them. Jenny, I can hear them. They say... They say the earth isn't ready for me. They say they want me to come home.
3: Oh. Well then, uh, hadn't you better go?
2: I don't want to. I I want to stay here with you, Doctor. And you, Sarah Jane, and you, Brigadier, and Harry, wherever he is... And Jenny, you especially. Cal, I did a terrible thing.
3: Yes, I read your report, Miss Nettles. I'm pleased you didn't try to cover anything up. But still, telephone tapping is a serious offence. You're not going to report her? It's rather up to Miss Smith, don't you think?
4: No need for me to report anything. Her career's over. No one will ever take her seriously again.
3: Thank goodness. Otherwise, the doctor would be in real trouble. Well, I'm not then. Well, you could try and keep your head down for a bit.
4: Look, all I care about was that my car got melted. Then take mine. Oh, oh, thanks.
1: Red Midget MG, just outside. But are you sure? I won't need it where I'm going. Prison? With you, you idiot. If that's allowed.
2: They say that's allowed.
1: Goodbye, Sarah Jane. See, I got my exclusive at last.
4: Yes, I suppose you did. Goodbye, everyone.
3: They've gone.
4: And so's the tunnel.
3: Probably just as well.
5: Now, ah, since my laboratory is currently U.S., I was thinking of taking a little trip to the planet
3: Florana. The planet Florana? What's wrong with Kew Gardens? That's what I'd like to know. I presume you'll be joining him, Miss Smith.
4: As a matter of fact, I'm taking a little trip of my own.
3: Run in your new car, I suppose.
4: No. I'm going to speak to the women in the camp outside Weatherton. I promised I'd write something about them.
5: A kaleidoscope came to Earth with a message about peace.
4: Suddenly, peace seems much more important than ever. Don't you think? <laughs> a Doctor Who Kaleidoscope written by Alan Barnes starring Tim Trelaw as the Doctor, Sadie Miller as Sarah Jane Smith with John Culshaw as Brigadier Alistair Gordon Lethbridge-Stewart and Christopher Naylor as Harry Sullivan Kaleidoscope was played by Geron Howell Jenny Nettles, Jasmine Hines Daphne Green, Helen Goldwyn Air Commodore Hurley Nanobots and Sergeant Major Roach Mark Elstob Colonel General Sokolov, Keith Hazel, Fairford, and Nanobots, Stephen Noonan. Other parts played by members of the cast. Sound design, Steve Foxon. Incidental music, Nicholas Briggs. Script editor and director, Nicholas Briggs. Producer Heather Challens. Senior producer David Richardson. Executive producers Nicholas Briggs and Jason Haig Ellery. <laughs>
0: Hello, my name is Nicholas Briggs and I'm the creative director of Big Finish and also the script editor and director of Kaleidoscope. Follow me so we can change the future together. The idea behind this script, really, when I gave it to Alan Barnes, he immediately said, oh, I know, I'd love to do something that's kind of like... um, what Bob Baker and Dave Martin might have done and so he was immediately inspired by their uh, ITV or HTV series from the 70s Sky uh, which featured an unearthly boy from elsewhere who had weird powers and what have you and was an intriguing character and that was kind of his starting point it's not exactly the same as Sky of course but you know there, there are elements there which fill very Bob Baker and Dave Martin, two brilliant writers who did so many uh, brilliant Doctor Who scripts. What else
3: can you tell me about this fellow, Brigadier? Any further questions, you'd better ask him yourself. We've had
18: him held here since last night. Hello, my name's Alan Barnes and I wrote Kaleidoscope. I wasn't terrified by the prospect of being asked to write a six-parter um, because uh, I'd written... Um, a couple of lengthy stories were be finished before. I wrote um, Zagreus, which was the fortieth anniversary of Marty Doctor with Gary Russell. And again I wrote The Next Life, which was a which was a genuine sixth party with Gary Russell the next year. Uh, so you know the length as such didn't terrify me so much because I was aware of the sort of amount of plus I'd need and I was very reasonably confident about sort of, you know, getting that down. Um, I was pretty confident about the characters because I'd just come straight off um uh, conspiracy in space which was uh, the third dr and joe and draconian story um uh, we did last year um i think the the what i was aware of is that the um the the perky the, the six parties on telly um tended to strain a little bit against the fact that obviously they were being, you know, they were were extended to six episodes for budget reasons because, you know, they're going to a certain number of sets. They do tend to sort of, you know, return to the same old stuff. And and on audio, I felt very much that I can't, although it might be fun to do that level of homage, um, I didn't think it would be so much fun for the listener because, you know, you don't actually want to do the mutants, bless it. Um, which does sort of tend to sort of you know be an awful lot of running on the spot, sort of you know not achieving very much. I felt very strongly that you know I had to really engage with people and sort of provide you know a huge amount of story. Well then, what do you think?
3: I think you've got a new toy, Brigadier. Yes, indeed. It's called a video recorder.
4: Video.
3: Yes, an amazing new invention, Miss Smith. Puts TV programs onto film, even when you're not in the room at the time. I'm told. My name is Tim Trelaw. I play the Doctor. This is a very
5: big script. Uh, 275 pages. Well, a very long six-parter. So I love it when um, things are set on Earth. Um, uh, yeah, I really enjoy that with the historical element and phantom aeroplanes and things like that. Yeah, it's great. I mean, he's obviously very fond of all of the companions, he has his little sort of, uh, love, love, not so love relationship with the Brigadier, if you can call him a companion. Obviously, uh, him and Joe have this very close and, um, very sort of, almost, uh, as though they're relations, uh, relationship. And yet with, with Sarah Jane and Liz, again, there's great relationship with them, I think. She's probably a bit more intimidated by Sarah Jane because of her, <coughs> her knowledge and her fierce independence.
1: You're
4: right. They're leaving? Yes, and so am I. My name is Sadie Miller and I play Sarah Jane Smith. The third Doctor adventures are always great. I think with um, the third Doctor, Sarah is still much more in that um, pupil teacher kind of role. They're not quite on an even keel yet. Um, So I think it's nice to push those boundaries and and find um, different facets of their, their relationship together as well. All the stories um, that we've been doing, both with um, Tim Trelaw and also with Tom, they always kind of open up these different facets. And obviously, the early 70s women's lib and um, trying to find that balance between women taking on more traditional male roles and uh, journalism and newscasting, I think it is really interesting to uh, to see that, uh, that play out in different ways and different stories.
3: And what's she doing here?
1: Oh, I just... Followed Miss Smith. You sneaked in behind me. Well, I'm here now, aren't I?
3: Well, no one with me of these meddlesome journalists. Hello there, this is John Colshaw, and in this story I have been uh, back playing a character very dear to my heart, Brigadier Alistair Gordon Lethbridge-Stewart. It's a delicious story. The the brigadier is on thumpingly great form in this. He's got some... um, There's some lovely sort of very sort of heartwarming, funny moments of almost impatience. There's an edge of comedy that comes out in certain moments of, 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 of the action, um, which makes you endear to the brigadier even more. When he's in the midst of utter chaos and his military training, is just trying to keep an order on things and achieving it for most of the time. There's something very endearing about that.
1: My pictures, they're they're ruined.
3: I've got more important things to do than bother the minister with slapping a D-notice on your illegally taken photographs of a covert unit operation, Miss Nettles.
1: My name is Jasmine Hines, and I play Jenny Nettles. So she is a young, ambitious journalist. She is the rival to Sarah Jane Smith. Um, And she will do whatever it takes to get a story. So she's very um, ruthless and driven. um, And she gets into a bit of trouble in this story uh, because she goes to the utmost lengths to get her... Yeah, to get her story, to get her thing down in, on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> From the woman who claimed to have found the Titanic off the coast of Argentina. I never
4: said it was true. I only reported what I was told. Who to- said that Stonehenge was a giant radio, that the Bermuda Triangle was a square, and the Mona Lisa was a fake? <laughs> I think uh, Sarah and Jenny are, are rivals, really, in in one sense. But I think it's more the fact that uh, Jenny isn't really a very scrupulous journalist and Sarah is a bit more of a, a stickler for the rules and, and the truth and things. Um, so they definitely rub each other up up the wrong way, but they both get to have their um, redemption, I guess, as, as the story goes along. Um, so it's interesting to, to see that, that play out because you don't often have that situation of two two female rivals in a Doctor Who context.
1: It was really fun to play Jenny um, because she actually has quite a like cheeky, mischievous sense of humour. Um, and she doesn't like being told what to do, which is always really fun to play. Um, As for her being like me, I think there is a certain part of me that likes to uh, ignore what people say when they try and um, keep me where they want me to be. Um, But I wouldn't go as far as Jenny does in this story.
0: Jasmine Hines, I first worked with uh on a, a clean feed performance where none of us were in the same place and we we're all in our own homes sort of connected up and i was acting and did you know i can't even remember what it was um but uh i thought she was brilliant She was playing so many different parts and sam clemens one of my oldest friends who's also a director for big finish um he had got her on board i think through his partner lara lara lemon and uh I remember contacting Sam afterwards and saying, who is that Jasmine? Because she's really good. We're we're always looking. We don't only want people to be good. We want people to be good in various different roles. And that's what I needed from Jasmine here. I wanted someone who could give a really strong performance, you know, in in the role of uh, Sarah Jane's alleged uh, rival, Jenny, but also for her to be able to convincingly do some other supporting characters. Also a necessary thing for her was to be able to sing, likewise with Helen Goldwyn, who I know is a brilliant singer, um, also a very strong actor. But I knew I I had to have all this singing from the protesting women outside the airbase. And I thought, I want... I Don't want people who are going to go, "Oh, I don't know whether I can sing and be nervous about it and I noticed that you know Jasmine on her c v had that she was a soprano, and I thought, "Oh, she's a proper singer, you don't put down your soprano if if you can't sing frankly um and I knew Helen was great, and so they were able. I don't know whether you can tell, but the all those crowds of women, it's just Helen and Jasmine, and it's amazing. And what we did, we got them to sing once, and then we played back to them with a count in their singing, and then they sang along in different voices, and then we did it again, and we did it again, and we did it again, and no doubt in post-production, the sound designer will have done it again and again and again as well. So you end up with this mass of women, and they each pass, Helen and Jasmine did Completely different voices, you know, and I said, "And please do some people singing out of tune, which is always very difficult for good singers." But they really made. Uh, I think there was there was one that Jasmine did, which she used her soprano voice, and it's this horrible howling, um, slightly out of tune soprano. I imagine that Jasmine's listening to this and saying, "What do you mean out of tune?" <laughs> Wild
1: well, tracking's always fun um, because there's usually only a couple of you in the recording booth but you've all got to come up with various voices to make it sound like there's a big old crowd and over the course of this episode um, you'll all have heard a bunch of singing that was two of us doing lots of silly voices <laughs> so I hope you all enjoyed that uh, yeah it's always really fun and it's always at the end of the day so everyone's a bit sort of doolally and tired by like the, <laughs> the number of scenes that we've got through um, so it, tired actors are really fun <laughs> Jazz and
0: Helen, you can go for a lie down for a couple of pages.
15: Thank you Mm. you very much. Uh, (laughs) My name is Geran Howell, and I'm playing Kaleidoscope. This is my first ever Big Finish. Uh, Yeah, it's really nice to be here. I've got a lot of, uh, you know, friends who've been involved with Big Finish, and they've got nothing but good things to say about it. Um, So it's exciting to be be a part of it. And, uh, yeah, it lives up to the expectations. It's great. Great fun.
1: (laughs) So you could tell the viewers at home just where it is
2: you've come from the heath of hampstead no um that's where we met oh you mean which world have i come from
15: so cal is presented in the story as this visitor from out of space who uh, sort of appears on hampstead heath and there's this uh he's sort of bundled up by jenny and sort of presented to the world um, yeah, it's a really interesting character because he's, uh, he's very much of the era where, you know, instead of kind of uh, how an alien might be presented nowadays, he's kind of this sort of uh, sort of a very out there character who's wearing sparkly pants and, and a shirt and stuff. So that's quite fun to play. It's very, yeah, it fits the sort of that era of Doctor Who. Um, and it was a lot of character definitely doesn't blend in for sure. Uh, yeah, it's very fun to play.
4: There are no gloves, only these. Sherbet lemons? Oh, you can try one if you like. I will. Ooh. <laughs> you might want to take the wrapper off.
15: It was it was intimidating seeing the script at first because it is so long. Um, but it's just very easy to, to read. It sort of moves along at a really fast pace, which is another thing I like about that era. It's just, I think the poetry era is a lot of action, weirdly. Um, you know, with the Homobile and military bases. It just sort of moves along really quickly and, yeah, it had a lot of energy while we were reading it. Um, so, yeah, it um, flew by. Pulling up this What are they? Alien nanobots,
5: as I suspected.
15: let
10: Now we emerge!
5: It's wonderful to be back here i love recording here it's lovely to have a full cast in as well for the first time in however long it's been um i think it was about eight or nine of us in one room yesterday obviously socially distanced um but it was just great having that banter back with with everyone and uh, listening to the stories and uh, and just having fun it's just great it's lovely it's a lovely atmosphere always lovely people
7: to work with
16: Hello, my name is Heather Challens, and I'm the producer of the Third Doctor Adventures Kaleidoscope.
5: It beggars belief that of all the places on Earth they might have chosen, these machines just happened to have picked a flight path that took them directly over this particular airbase.
16: It's always special to be working on the Third Doctor range. I mean, I never quite feel like I leave it, because the range is released twice a year, and that often means that the post-production of one overlaps with the the start of the production for the next release so Nick and I had our first meeting with and Barnes the the writer back in November 2021 to sort of get the ball moving discuss plot and deadlines and and all of those things and and around that time or, or just before I'd received the first full music mix for the Annihilators and likewise as I'm recording this we're plotting out our release for 2023 which is exciting um but the third doctor sticks out for me as a range because it's it's the only time I get to work solely in classic who and do something that feels really inspired and almost a homage to those original episodes
10: Flesh forms.
9: That's right. Man.
10: And
16: woman. Ugh,
9: ignore her.
5: Ignore him. Humankind is currently the dominant species here. Although I sometimes wonder if it's time one of the non-primates had a time.
6: Hello, I'm Mark Elstob and I'm Hurley Burley, uh, Air Commodore Hurley, I should say, who is uh, the latest in a long line of um, military martinets who comes in the Doctor's, uh, uh, interferes in the Doctor's path. They don't see themselves as villains, they see themselves as highly motivated, uh, patriotic, um, but, but agents of empire, probably uh, uh, agents of the crown, you know, just, just simply doing their job, much as the brigadier sees himself. Um, but almost always, their version of doing the doing their job is directly at odds with with what is morally or ethically correct, and therefore they are in the doctor's way. You know, or rather, they regard the doctor as being in their way, uh, and so and so it is in their interests to kill him. He can't wait. To uh, to try and arrest the doctor and try and uh, uh, lock him up in the very fort that the master's locked up in at the beginning of the Sea Devils, to be able to when he thinks he's got the upper hand, when he thinks he's got the whip hand over the over the brigadier as well. Because there's a lot of um, well, I, but the minister gave me authority, but the minister gave me authority. You know, there's, there's a lot of that. I'm thinking, well, I mean, but who actually has the authority?
3: Yes. Well, you can tell him that my authority is vested with unit and the United Nations and Downing Street and Her Majesty the Queen. Come to that. And Hurley, this is someone who the brigadier can really... uh, The gloves are off. Mark is playing Hurley with with this beautifully judged... um, He he makes him arrogant. He makes him, you know, set in his ways. Strong military training, but, you know, a a bit of an arrogant, you know, duffer at times as well. For the brigadier to be able to play against that... With all, the, um, with all the military training and what he feels should be going on and, and his um, sense of um, what he's in charge of. Some beautiful clashes there. It's a real, almost oh, like an, an audio custard pie fight. And real posturing against one another. So that, that's delicious, delicious.
4: Doctor, brigadier, are you in there? Keren's will not interfere i 'm not interfering, I just want to know if the doctor's in there
6: stephen noonan uh, uh, lately of uh, first dr fame uh, uh is is in uh, this show too and uh, he and i have known each other for years and uh, yeah we are um, we're we're voicing the nanobots this swarm of uh, of highly intelligent sub microscopic uh, uh, robotic entities um who who can well, who can possess not just machinery? They can they, they can possess organic life forms, as if it's the, as if the life forms themselves are machinery. Their voice is supposed to be a swarm or whatever you imagine—a swarm of sub <laughs> subatomic uh, robotic creatures sounds like. So, uh, and there are only two of us, but because we know each other so well, we were able to just speak kind of just to, to 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 simultaneously speak the lines.
10: π² is correct. Three,
6: in so having a robotic voice and a slightly more e- emotive voice, I think we're hoping to, uh, we're hoping that that will just um, straddle the gap. It was, I mean, sometimes, of course, uh, Nick, the director, had to um, had to count. Ca- if we began the scene, he had to count the scene. But if, if if it was a line during the scene, it just, you just sort of hear the hear the previous line, take a beat, and then you just you just know to go. And so, um, but yes, it helps that we, as I say, we we've known each other for. For decades we've known each other for nearly thirty years. That really does make a difference, you know. uh, um that's what you just you just now have
5: the other person's thinking. There's a phrase comes to mind from the third luminosity of the Hydra constellation. Roughly translated, it goes There's no point sealing the Scrotnog embrasure after the Scrotnog's fled. What on earth You're shutting the stable door after the horse has bolted, man
0: I always have great fun directing the third doctor adventures which is why i keep doing it um you know um tim Trelaw is a real laugh and um, we uh, i think we have a very good uh, mutually destructive working relationship where we mock each other actually you know uh, I, I would just like to say i always worry that i'm too rude to tim but funnily enough he sent me a whatsapp uh a few days after the recording, say I didn't. I didn't take the Mickey out of you. He didn't use that phrase. Uh, I didn't take the Mickey out of you uh, too much, did I, Nick? And uh, so I can't remember what I wrote back, but I think it was. Um, I think I just took the Mickey out of him again. Uh, so it's one of those sort of working relationships, and it's it's lots of fun. And when you say field laboratory, could you stress laboratory? F- field laboratory. laboratory. Oh, I'm not sure now. Field laboratory. Oh, uh, field, laboratory, field laboratory in the dashboard. I no, mean. you're right, you're right. Am I? Yeah, you
5: are. It's never nice working with Nick. Never nice. Yeah, no, it's lovely working with Nick, obviously. He's the um, third doctor. Um, you know, he's our main man there. There's the director who's guiding us through this and um, telling me where my... Or is this... Is where my... Your actions slipped over the border. Um, so, yeah, it's very good. And he,
3: his, his notes and directions are always very... Uh, pre- precise and specific i think the best thing all around is for everyone to cool their heels not least my erstwhile scientific advisor who knows might in a cell at rf weatherton might do him some good oh john's
5: wonderful isn't he? he's fantastic he's such a joy to be around you know and he's a, he's a great actor as well as being probably the country's best impressionist i would have thought and he he, he just loves doing his impressions and he's Full of voices. And he's just such a lovely, sweet, kind, gentle man. And it's sometimes, um, when I start recording, it takes me a little while to get into the rhythm of the, the doctor, um, particularly the articulation, et cetera, and things like that. Um, John's very supportive because he knows what part of um, the mouth to use for certain things, and he'll be giving me the thumbs up, and we'll be, we'll be always supporting each other, you know. It's a very, very supportive environment. Uh, it's, it's just lovely, you know, it's lovely working with these people. It makes the job a joy.
3: To be honest, you know that the, the the characters that the brigadier is playing opposite in this they were immensely fun to read, and he he really is spoiled for choice in terms of characters to play opposite. This um it's very special because we're seeing uh, we're seeing Lieutenant Sullivan coming in for the, the the first time. That sense of where he starts to be. On the scene, and he's joined unit, You know, a, a great, great uh, partnership and rapport there. It's wonderful seeing the start of that. Mr. Kaleidoscope, meet Sergeant Lieutenant Sullivan. Oh, I say, don't worry about the surgeon bit. Seconded from the Royal Navy, you see. I see. Sergeant Lieutenant Sullivan, meet Mr. Kaleidoscope.
2: I prefer Cal. Well,
3: oh, that's all right. I prefer Harry. My name
11: is Christopher Naylor, and I play Harry Sullivan. Yes, Nick had uh, floated the possibility a while back. And uh, as he says, there's no reason why the uh, why Harry shouldn't be there as the M.O.s, provided the, his path doesn't cross with the Doctor's. So it's a uh, rather nifty and uh, mischievous uh, bit of uh, writing. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's really lovely. It's one of those sort of sliding doors things, isn't it? Um, it's been quite interesting, actually, because poor Harry is rather... Uh, sort of thrust into it all, isn't he? I mean, he's literally just arrived from Plymouth Barracks and doesn't really have a clue what's going on yet. He's a quick learner, but uh, this is just sort of the the, the nursery slopes of his learning curve. (laughs) And uh, it's not really until Robot, I suppose, that uh, he's really plunged into the the true insanity of Unit and the Doctor's universe. Uh, So it's nice to be able to play his uh, bewilderment and um, (laughs) fish-out-of-water sort of scenario. It's lovely, isn't it? It's such a good script. It's uh, it's very much of its time. It captures that sort of early seventies vibe so well. I love all the sort of uh, the, the 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 hippie sort of relics and the, the Mick Jagger type character. And uh, it's just yeah, really captures that atmosphere very well. Carry on, Sullivan. Uh, jolly good, thank you, sir. Now then, old chap, I'm a bit confused by these uh, powers of yours. What is it you say you can do exactly? I think Harry thinks it's going to be a sort of convivial naval atmosphere, like his, uh, you know, his last posting, and uh, doesn't not quite prepare for the absolute seriousness of everything that happens at Unit. So, uh, but as we say, he's a, he's a quick learner. But I thought I think when he gets into the Doctor's sphere in the later stories, then uh, he he realizes that he's dealing with 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 a true eccentric. Um, uh, so there's that that irony creeps into their relationship. But uh, at the moment, he's like a rabbit in the headlights, I think.
3: I must say, I thought Unit had just the one HQ. This was our first HQ, in fact. But it was getting harder and harder to move men and munitions out of a car park in central London incognito.
11: So you moved out to the suburbs, but uh, kept this place on as a sort of pied-à-terre.
4: I mean, it's much longer, I think, than, um, than any of the scripts I've had before. Um, and I think it's quite... A a layered story really that unpacks itself uh, as it goes along uh, with lots of familiar characters. And there's a lovely little scene with Harry, even though Harry and Sarah haven't met yet, which is a really nice nod to the series and some some great villains. And even though it's um, uh, historically placed, it's still very much a, uh, you know, sadly relevant to where we are in the world at the moment. Six! Oh, oh, oh what's
5: Sarah Jane, wake up.
4: Oh, why? I think having lots of different locations and um, a number of different villains, I think if you even think of a story like Time Warrior, obviously you have Unit and then you have the castle and then you have situations out in the wood with um, Lynx and you're kind of jumping all over and it feels much more cinematic. And I definitely think that this particular script captures that sense of scope and landscape and vision very well.
7: My name is Stephen Noonan and I'll be playing a character called General Sokolov. I think what the Colonel General
14: is telling us is that we were unconscious for quite some time for more than two days. Forgive us the calibration of his stand beam is still imperfect.
7: He's the villain who turns up um in this six parts John percy story um and there's a sort of a mystery for the first four episodes of of uh, who's responsible for the um uh, the problems and uh, and the climax of episode 4 it is revealed that uh, this is a uh, um, a Soviet Cold War um, communist plot really, isn't it?
14: There you can catch the trans-Siberian railway all the way to Vladivostok That's if the wolves don't catch us first I suppose They are such a nuisance <laughs>
0: Uh, Also great uh, to get um, Stephen Noonan in, who's been playing the first Doctor so successfully for us, uh, to much acclaim. And to get him in, because I knew that Stephen can do all sorts of voices, so to get him in to play Sokoloff and uh, Keith Hazel doing his, you know, Mick Jagger voice, um, was amazing. Uh, Yeah, much hilarity ensued.
17: Millionaire rock star, innit?
0: i I got to have toys, babe. (laughs) That is superb. Ah, that's amazing. Yeah, we love it. We love it. We love it.
7: So we've got this um, Soviet Cold War era villain, Sokolov, um, and it's fascinating to think about that sort of archetype in. Dutch. So if, let's forget the Cold War politics for the moment. And the, and the Russianness of the character. Think about those characters in seventies Doctor Who, fanatical scientists uh, uh, who who are sort of pursuing, coldly pursuing um, their goals. And, and so, so it was it was interesting to go back and watch the stories where you have characters like that. So this morning I watched Seeds of Doom with Harrison Chase that sort of wonderful, um, cold, rational, fanatically driven um, character for whom things get out of control. Similarly, um, Solon in Brain of Morbius, another um, fanatical scientist um, who gets his comeuppance. But in the Pertwee era, interestingly, there are fewer of them. You've got Professor Stallman in Inferno um, who is a scientist but here you've got the fascinating thing of of harnessing um, Soviet ideology, communist ideology
14: After the revolution the society became the Tunguska Committee. One of its members was a man named Comrade Taina They say he didn't age a day between the times of Lenin and Khrushchev.
7: So it was great uh, when Nick said, Do you fancy coming in and playing um, this, the villain in, in a, the Third Doctor's Right? I said, oh, Of course, I'd be delighted because the Third Doctor era is my era. You know, as a child, there was, I was having a conversation with Mark Elstob earlier on, who's also in this. And um, he was talking, and he said, Well, Tom Baker's your doctor. He said, No, Tom Baker isn't my doctor at all. I adore Tom Baker and I revere Tom Baker. But when I was first hooked on it at the age of three and a half, although I'm, you know, it's funny, isn't it? Early memories. So the first strong, vivid memory of Doctor Who for me was the Sea Devil, the Doctor encountering the Sea de- encountering the Sea Devil on the Sea Fort in episode two of the Sea Devils, and being chased back to to the the cruise quarters the room or whatever it is and then slamming this wonderful thing of being trapped in in that horrible um in you know crumbling rusty industrial maritime building it's just a sort of a primal terrifying image yeah it's great working with steve
5: and i did the big finish day with him the other week um and i love listening to his stories and his impressions and uh, yeah, so it's very nice to hear all these talented actors with their, their
0: various voices and um, ability to shift in and out of different characters. It's it's great. There are a lot of challenges for directing a very long story uh, as opposed to the normal sort of three story uh, uh, box set uh, arrangement where you have separate stories. But it's just all scheduling. You know, I say to new directors coming into Big Finish, It feels like it's not, but it feels like nine-tenths of directing is scheduling. Uh, A huge amount of it is casting as well, so it can't be nine-tenths. But yeah, it presents all sorts of challenges because it's a story with the continuing characters. Although we do have um, you know, episodes five and six, Alan Barnes has written in the traditional style of a six-parter. It's like a new adventure, and he's taken it even further. He's almost tried to trick the audience that it's a new programme. But it's a programme about Kaleidoscope, but it's not Doctor Who anymore, which I think is really fun. And I'm really looking forward to composing the music for that. I think the Tomorrow People and maybe Ace of Wands will be an influence. Who knows? Who knows what will come out in the end after I've been fiddling around with my synthesizers. <laughs>
3: course. Well, see, there's, yes, there's Daphne. Daphne. Hello, Daphne. A bit of a, a back story there. Don't tell Doris, but yes, Daphne. You know, I was, um, until I was about six years old, I thought Daphne was pronounced Daphne. <laughs> Not
13: joining in the Kumbayas, Alistair. Not my
3: scene, thank you, Daphne. Uh, Mrs Green.
13: Hello, my name is Helen Goldwyn, and today I've been playing Daphne Green. Well, Daphne, on the surface of it, appears to be a rather plummy um, woman of um, sort of good breeding uh, who's gone the usual route uh, of marrying, you know, finding a good man who works uh, within the services, you know, the national services, uh, but actually she is not at all what she appears to be. This is Green Snipe to Blue Ptarmigan. Do you have a fix on the tracker?
9: Tracker fix
13: confirmed. Roger that. Green snipe out. She's a spy working for the Russians. (laughs) Or working for anyone who pay her, I think. I don't think she is particularly um, picky about who she works for, but she's got a sort of, she enjoys the adventure of it. She enjoys the danger. Yeah, she's got a bit of a psychotic streak to her, I think. An older Lady Femme Fatale. Yes, because although she's using the brigadier as a means to an end, there is a genuine attraction there that uh, they had in the past and that still remains all these years on. I'll top you up, shall I? Mm.
3: Not having one yourself?
0: For old times? I should, shouldn't I? It just leapt out at me that Helen should... uh, Play uh, the uh, Daphne Green, the person from *The Brigadier's Past*. There's no, there, but there was no hanky panky there. It's just, uh, just a vague uh, suggestion of scandal. But no, it's not true. It never happened.
13: I was already stationed at the airbase spying on Minerva when you and Kaleidoscope showed up with Young Alistair's outfit. The Colonel General was intrigued to learn of our former association.
5: Well, weren't we all, Madam?
13: It's been a real treat to have those scenes uh, flirting with John's character as the brig. Um, Yeah, I don't get to do flirty scenes very much. Uh, Well, I don't think I ever did, really. It was never really my casting. So, yes, it's been lovely to uh, play a character who uh, is a bit naughty like that. The glamorous young army wife, sundowners on the veranda, stealing secret files on the side. Oh, Alistair, it was... Doll, I hoped you'd liven things up a bit, but
3: yes, well, you were married. <laughs> wonderful working with, uh, with with all the all the cast. Uh, Cal, the wonderful character played by garen M- mystical. You think, oh, we could absolutely trust this character, but can you? Can you? Also, some lovely moments with the Brigadier, as um, when he makes up uh, he makes Cal his temporary scientific advisor. And he is rather bewildered by all of the uh, flower power, sort of uh, fluffy around the edges uh, goings on. Dear, oh dear, Jehoshaphat, what have I done?
0: John, at the bottom of 174, mm. I think you do have to cough there, even though you accidentally coughed at that point, but you do, yeah, cough all <laughs> oh, the ceiling of uni. And I think, uh, Garen, I'm really grateful to you for your mask, act, your visor acting. I think you should do that. <coughs>
15: Yeah I mean yeah he takes a few sort of twists and turns in the story obviously I think it's obvious that he probably isn't uh, what he appears to be um and that's the sort of the mystery throughout it and obviously it turns out that he's part of a russian experiment and there's um you know it's it's a bit actually quite dark actually and he's been kept in ca- captivity um so that was a nice little um Sort of character twist to play, but he kind of keeps his. (laughs) doesn't really change him much, you know. He kind of stays um, his sort of naive self. um, And in that, you know, finds this kind of uh, nice little relationship with Jenny, um, which is lovely to play, you know, uh, alongside Jazz, you know. It's a very, very. made my life very easy, yeah. It's really, really nice to play. I'm sorry. I didn't mean
2: that to happen. No. No, it was nice. I hear music, Jenny. Softy.
1: I think Jenny has a really cool story arc um, because she starts off as this woman who doesn't really have any emotional ties to anyone or anything. And that's how she can be so ruthless at her job. And it's something that often annoys Sarah Jane because um, it's her lack of Jenny's lack of empathy that that gets to her, I think. But then towards the end of the story, she's built up this emotional relationship with Cal. Um, and I feel like she has a redeeming uh, storyline. So thanks, Alan Barnes, right now. And it means that I can uh, go on a real journey with her. And I hope the listeners do too.
4: No one will ever take her seriously again.
3: Thank goodness. Otherwise, the doctor would be in real trouble. well I'm not then? Well, you could try and keep your head down for a bit. It's
5: the Cold War, it's James Bond, it's um, the Avengers, it's the 1970s, it's the Arctic Wastes, it's the RAF bases, it's RAF Phantom Fighter Bombers. It's just great. <laughs>